Welcome to the Ether. Today is Friday, September 2nd, 2022. Today on the Ether, part two of the two part CeFi space crypto trading QA using Adam effectively. Let's take a listen. I don't know if Grits is available. He's kind of like maybe AFK. <laughs> Grover, you staying busy? Or is he disconnected too? By the way, anybody here, I'm going to shut up after this because uh, I got to leave. But anybody who is yeah, interested cool. in, uh, in Kujira, um, I'm not trying to shill necessarily, but like check it out. Kujira is K I J U R A dot app. Uh, pretty gnarly shit. They're uh, releasing a Orca, which is a liquidation platform that's available for everybody, not just, you know, fat, fat cats. Also, they're releasing USK, which is a uh, stable coin as well. So, uh, anyway. Take care, guys. I gotta bounce. I gotta go eat some uh, eat some dinner. Cool, man. Great talking to you. Hey, what's popping? How are we doing, boys? You doing? Yeah, you, your boss killed you or what? Hey, no, 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 no. We were just talking about test net and all kinds of really fun things. So uh, anyway, um, yeah, what's I, I had? We were talking about political science for a minute, and then we had a Kujira Kujira cell. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, we were just kind of covering, like, I uh, was just sort of musing sort of about, uh, you know, all the different uh, difficulties with, you know, everything from decentralization to, you know, uh, things like, you know, political values and, you know, how they pertain to, like, the, mm-hmm. you know, creation of those kinds of exact same things we're talking about. Like, if you take uh, the stance that, like, every um you know validator should have say for example a minimum commission right so that's a relatively like socialistic idea right and the more that percentage yeah. is yeah. the more socialist it becomes on the other hand if you have a zero percent commission you have like what uh um moon was saying was that like you get the tragedy of the commons possibility which is also a real concern so it's yeah. like like no matter what you do, it's like it, you wind up realizing that both the socialists and the communists, I'm sorry, the socialists and the capitalists or whatever you want to call them, uh, are sort of like right in certain aspects. And that's why like nature preserves like 40% left, 40% right, like maybe 20% libertarian as like a phenotypic norm. Like if you read um, Jonathan Haidt's work, uh, who's a, you know really great like you guys haven't watched his work h-a-i-d-t he's um he's like officially liberal but he's highly against this idea of like polarization and uh he, he believes more in like uh diversity of um diversity of uh like political thought in universities as opposed to like monolithic like left versus right versus religious versus whatever universities and it's interesting uh he created like the heterodox index if you guys have seen that like if you want to send your kids to college you're like huh we're we're in the united states where am i going to send them you can just pull up that thing and it'll show you like oh wait uh 
these people like, you know, Brown is like ultra, ultra, ultra liberal. And, uh, you know, like you can actually pull up uh, which schools are on which end of the spectrum or which ones are down the middle Mm. or whatever. Yeah. And there's like some universities that have committed to say, for example, freedom of speech, right? They've committed that like, no matter what the fuck you want to talk about, you can do it and you're not going to be like shut down. So like you can go down the list and go, okay, who's in, who's where, and who's actually signed the, like whatever accord that says like they're committed to free speech. So a lot of interesting shit, even in like education and like the political spectrum of, uh, like the United States as an example. Damn. Um, well, yeah. Uh, let me run an idea past you. I think this is quite an interesting one. One, one of the ideas is kind of related to governance. Um, and you'll hear this a lot. I'm not sure what the official term is, but it's like, oh, why do politicians get to make these decisions? Shouldn't experts, like we have quangos in the UK, like these external third-party groups, which sort of consult and then tell the MPs what they're supposed to do. Um, why do why don't the it's, experts? It's sort of like it's sort decisions? of like lobbyists here, right? Yeah, to some extent, yeah. I, I guess it's like think lobbyists. Tanks. Yeah, yeah think, think tanks. tanks. Um, so we had this idea that maybe you could refract your governance power. So what does that mean? Kind of like how Prism refracts yield and and uh, principle. You'd have like, oh, I want to give the sort of the ability to vote on parameter changes to an expert. Like I shouldn't be voting on this. It's not really my bag. I don't really understand it. I'm not going to be active. I'm going to give that element of my governance power to someone else. But I still want to be able to vote on other things. But like, so you sort of like you started to develop the idea. We didn't really get very far with this, but this was an idea uh, for a protocol you could build. But um, yeah, what, what do you what do you think of that? that sounds yeah, like an I, I, idea. Sort of th- I sort of thought of this like for maybe like a new uh, branch of the United States government as an example, like imagine uh, there's a branch, right? And it's uh, you are selected at random from across the country to serve in this thing, almost like you'd serve in the you know military or you'd serve in uh, like, you know, jury duty, right? Like you, you go to like be a juror at a court. So the idea would be like, you would have a, um, a house of Congress or whatever, And the idea would be you would, um, you know, have the members of that uh, randomly selected from people who have like uh, who who are professionals. So, for example, like this house might have 100 members and like, you know, 10 percent of it's maybe like uh, someone, you know, medical community, like maybe doctors and nurses and this and that. And 10 percent of it's like uh, maybe people in, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, some, you know, the energy sector another 10% from, you know, you see what I'm saying. So basically what you do is you try to represent a lot of different engineering backgrounds, you know, a lot of different things. And and so that way you have at least some representation of people who might know what they're doing in terms of technical decisions, as opposed to like always having politicians that have no fucking clue what they're doing. And they're always relying on some sort of like, you know, think tanks who are almost purely politically motivated and not necessarily say engineering motivated or science motivated. So like, you know, that might impact, let's say like what kind of bridges you might decide to build or not build or whatever, instead of like having it, Oh wait, like, uh, okay. uh, California has a lot of power, so they're going to get all the bridges. And uh, you know, this little state over here doesn't, so they're not going to get any. So Mm -hmm. yeah, these, these kinds of like, you know, uh, so it's almost like diversification of like the types of voting that happen. Um, and maybe that's just too complicated. I don't know. Like, but it seems like a random system, like would essentially force like 
you know, with like, you know, term limits and everything, just like you go on jury duty, right? Like, why do they have it at random? And why do you have to serve on it? Why don't, why aren't you like a, uh, like a permanent juror all year round, right? It's like a temporary post. And it'd be like that kind of concept, I think, um, yeah. you know, so that kind of creates a type of like jury duty is like a great form of like decentralized, like political civil participation and uh, maybe something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that way you're kind of, you're selecting for what you want to select for, which is good decision-making and not for um, keeping a job or saving face or like not looking stupid. Like it's sort of, you know how um, you have this what these quants who sort of say, look, um, the best thing to do in your NFL draft isn't to just go for the top players; is to get a, a nice wide selection of the the second picks, you know, the the B team players, and then that's going to actually, um, although it, on paper it's not like the populist view, it's not the thing that's going to be popular, it's not the thing that seems like it's sensible on paper to do, but that's not always the right decision. You should be actually uh, trying to go for that quantitative kind of decision making at a political like uh, level and that that's that's how you're actually going to build the best possible nation state run the best co- the country the best possible way rather than optimizing for a popularity contest and how do i keep my job for four years and not get fired and try and win another election so yeah but uh it seems like we're something we can't solve in the real world but maybe we can solve it on the blockchain uh yeah, I, you know the funny thing is though, Grover, I, I don't think we, uh, I don't think we do solve it on the blockchain. I think the number of possible permutations makes it such that like there's always trade offs, right? Like uh, nature has trade offs, like uh, DNA has trade offs, like the size of your chromosomes, Entropy. like everything. You know, yeah, everything's a big trade off in energy and matter and the use of like opportunity and time. So like I don't know that. Um, the, the right answer, I think, is the way that the um, like the way that the U.S. founders looked at it was, hey, look, uh, you're going to have a lot of fuck ups and you're going to have a lot of uh, like attacks on your system. Um, and what you're trying to do is create the, the least likely scenario where the system's going to die um, while pre- preserving the greatest amount of like freedom for individuals, which is like a core goal. And so you have to have like a core mission for, let's say, your blockchain. And the alignment is essentially that you're hoping that the validators on that blockchain are not necessarily like, uh, let's say you're a Kujira, right? Like you're a, uh, what do you call it? A, like a, a liquidation chain. And that's your core value, your core purpose. Then all of the validators on there should like be uh, coming together and all the people that participate in there should be coming together with the core purpose of like doing that one job correctly, right? It's almost like um, you have a core mission at like Apple or something to make uh, iPhones simpler or whatever. Uh, so everyone at the company is like trying to make it simpler and simpler. And uh, every attempt to try to add an extra button or some shit like is more likely to get rejected because like it it it, it goes against the sort of mission ethos or whatever. Um, so that kind of thing, I think uh, that focus happens on a singular chain level. Um, you know, the same way that type of focus is like a snake is very different from a mongoose or whatever, even though both of them have like, uh, you know, a, a lot of similar DNA or whatever. So like, you know, life sort of figures this out by just through diversity, right? Like it doesn't try to make the perfect chain or, you know, the perfect dap or whatever. Like you just like eventually have this ecosystem of a lot of dysfunctional things, none of which live forever, right? Like, think about life, like which living organisms perfect? Like they're literally all imperfect. That's the entire point. 
because the you can't see the future. Uh, the mongoose can't see the future. The snake can't see the future. Humans can't see the future. Uh, we can, they can all have some predictive models, but you can't see it very far ahead. So where to put your resources? Like you could be very, very wrong, you know, whether you're a socialist, a capitalist, a libertarian, or whatever the fuck you are, you might invade the wrong country. You may like, you know, uh, try to like cure the, you know, cure a cancer that can't be cured. Instead, you miss these other diseases or whatever. There's always going to be trade-offs. And I think perfection is unachievable, um, which is ultimately like the lesson. And I, I think, how do you build for that? So like uh, major mistakes don't lead to a crisis. Um, maybe like my, I don't know. I don't know what the ethos should be like. Um, anyway, but uh, what do you think? Mm, I mean, um, there's a lot, there's a lot there. Sefi, there's a lot there. Uh, yeah, there's always a lot with that <laughs> shit, right? Like, you can never there. wrap your head around it all. It's like, <laughs> uh, so I guess it's funny when you were talking about this. Uh, I started going to the Y Combinator mode, the startup mode of like, oh yeah, how do we optimize so you can make mistakes and keep moving? And like, what's uh, how do we like build in public and break things and move right things? Like, it's like exactly. you know maybe we should run the country like a Y Combinator startup where we're just like constantly fucking up and then going. Yeah, well, this is expected as a startup. It's like the story (laughs) of SpaceX, right? Yeah. So, yeah. uh, I mean, that's a nuts story. I mean, Jesus. I read Elon's book a few years ago. I don't know if you wrote it. Probably didn't. Yeah, there's a pretty good good Netflix special on it too, by the way. Oh, sweet. It's very good. Yeah. It's like what oh, the man. fuck? Like you guys buying rockets what? and like, yeah. If 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 this rocket blows up, I'm fucked. You know, he's just going to. No, it's like, a... oh, I'm going to go to the model rocket convention and find myself yeah. a rocket engineer, and he's going to be like, yeah, let's go build rockets. It sounds like a meme coin kid or something. Like, yeah, like, okay. And then they go and then like build like and then look at SpaceX. Now you're like, what in the fuck? Yeah, like most it's... most of us can't get a fucking normal DAP working, and it's like <laughs> these guys are <laughs> yeah. like. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, imagine, so you, you, you build PayPal, you, you take a big cash out. I don't, I don't know how much money Elon made from PayPal. And then what do you think? You don't go, well, you know what, I can probably live comfortably now. I can probably just kind of kick back. You go, let's gamble all of it by buying Russian rockets and seeing if we can launch them and do some experiments and build like a competitor, a private competitor at NASA. Let's just do that. I mean, that's fucking crazy. What a ridiculous story. Um, so yeah, even if Elon is a little bit autistic and weird, um, he's uh, he's got a place in my heart as someone who. Oh takes yeah, ri- you, you have to be right. Like you have to be. Oh yeah, no Definitely. normal person would do that shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Well, yeah, that's just completely crazy. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like oh, I'm gonna go Christopher Columbus or whatever. I'm gonna get on these ships and like cross this ocean. I don't even know if there's an ending to it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah you're fucking insane, is what it is. Right. Yeah, and it's like, oh, you know, um, you're kind of sitting here like, oh, you know, uh, we're, we're being a little bit adventurous, you know, I'm not going to do my salary job, I'm going to go and uh, build a DeFi app. It's like, wow, what the fuck? That's crazy. It's like, yeah, man, you know, if it all goes wrong, uh, I don't know what like, I'm going to do. I, I, I guess I'll, bet just... you, I'll, I'll bet you if I had like Christopher Columbus ship right now, right, even knowing like how big the Atlantic is and like all the different like fucking weather patterns, or whatever, I still wouldn't go on the goddamn thing, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, no way. Yeah. <laughs> um, no way die scurvy, scurvy or some shit yeah exactly. <laughs> snap straight to scurvy um <laughs> it's always <yeah>. scurvy <laughs> jesus uh yeah but um yeah the great entrepreneurs of the past what could they have done today uh i don't know it's uh, it's hard to say 
Um, how to run a country, yeah, run a country like a Y Combinator startup, break things, move quickly, be resilient, blah, blah, blah. I think that's uh, that would be a really funny way to run a country. Um, uh, where are we going with this, Sefi? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's just like, it's just, I, I think it's just like uh, figuring out the, um, I, I kind of like began this discussion like about kind of Cosmos Hub and Adam and where it needs to go. And like, and there, you know, there were political debates essentially between like, Jay Kwan, and then you know he had like this idea that hey, you know what? I'm gonna anybody that votes for this is not gonna get GNO token or some shit, right? Like, so now it's like you're into bribing, and so then it's like, well, okay, so are bribes um, acceptable because like mm. even though they're like uh, you know morally questionable, but at the same time it's like how do you keep people from doing them? So like, okay, fine, make bribes normal. The whole thing is just a big clusterfuck. <laughs> like the way governance works. Um, and yeah. how like blockchain um, governance can be so like weirdly co-opted and different things. I don't know. Anyway, uh, DMAC, what's up, man? Sorry for like dragging you along here. It's like <laughs> all good, Doc. I have a Go ahead. I have a question for you that's kind of off topic. Sure, sure. Okay. So last night into the wee hours of the morning, uh, we were discussing grids from one space to the other, and yeah. My question for you is, I'm thinking of, and, and I'm pretty sure you're familiar, if you're familiar with Kadena, you're also familiar with Flux. Yeah, for sure. I'm thinking about uh, running a Flux grid right now, just because of the volatility in it. What parameters would you suggest for top and bottom? Okay, yeah, we can cover that real quick. So, yeah, Flux is actually pretty good for this because it's uh, like, you know, a tiny market cap and, you know, gets a lot of volatility. You're pretty sure it's, per you know, it's not going to go to zero because it's proof of work. So that's like an advantage, right? You don't want to be like running some shit like for, you know, months or years or something without uh, it's a reasonable, credible um, idea that it's going to like stay alive, right? Uh, yeah. In other words, like, like Terra 2 or <laughs> Terra version 1 or whatever, like, you know, you get your shit kicked out of you. Um, so yeah, Flux at least is like a credible project. It's got, um, so I always look at fundamentals first. It's like, am I going to even bother with this? Do I, do I have a reasonable high enough conviction that either it's an asymmetric bet to the upside at some point? Cause if you, if it's going to go down, you need to go back up again, right. To make, to make, um, to make, uh, uh grids work really well. So yeah, let's look at Flux real quick. Let me pull it up on, um, uh, I've actually been mining them for like the last year on my 2080. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, let's see here. All right. So Flux. Um, okay. So basically, uh, the bottom of Flux was at $0.07, cents, um, the very bottom ever. And uh, like, let's see, the very top was uh, about 3 mm, 337 or something like that, right? So right now, you're at like a dollar. And uh, you have like the 50 day moving average about to kind of like, you know, come up to like where the 200 day moving average is. So actually, Flux has already completed a mean reversion. What a mean reversion is, is like, you know, it, the price fell way below the 200 day moving average. And now it's like come right back up to it. So um, a, a significant portion of the upside from the bottom has already happened. So you need to be aware of that. Like, so, uh, you know, a a uh, quote, you know, a better time to have gotten it would be like, I tend to buy these things like, you know, as they fall, and I buy deeper on to the bottom, especially if it's a, like a coin that you actually really believe is going to come back up. So right now, you're sort of like mid market already, 
top being like $3, you're at $1. Let's assume the bottom at this point is like, I don't know, what, 50 cents or something, right? Let's, uh, in fact, I think, uh, yeah, 50 cents is probably a good number. So if you picked a grid for, for this, like if your goal is just to basically like uh, make a buck off of the volatility, um, remember one thing is like you need to like pick a range that's reasonably narrow. The wider the range gets, the less trades that actually happen. And the less, um, like, you know, the profit per trade might increase as a percentage, but um, like typically grids work if you can be reasonably narrow in your range. So I think it's not unreasonable for Flux to pick a top of like, let's say $2 and a bottom of like 50 cents. If the price goes down to 50 cents, great. You just close the bot out. Why? Because you're just like now bought it at the very bottom, essentially, right? If it goes to $2, okay, it's sold out. But if it traveled sideways for a long time between these price ranges, you're basically extracting the volatility. Something as volatile as flux, you're probably pulling like somewhere between 100 to 200% APY. So if you can jump- Real, 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 real quick. So we're looking at running the spot grid. At yeah. about twenty-seven, with a range at top of two and a bottom of fifty cents, and we're yeah. probably—correct me if I'm wrong—we're looking at probably about a one percent trade gain. Yeah. So what you do is you set your increments on the little grid bot, like you know, on KuCoin or whatever. You set your increments such that they come out to about one percent. Like you know, it'll show you on there like approximately the percentage of uh, profit, right? And you can do arithmetic or geometric grid. And a lot of times, I tend to do geometric. It's a little bit more conservative. It keeps more capital for like, you know, if the price drops anyway. Uh, so you can pick like, pick like geometric grid and then you do like every 1% down. Um, you try to uh, like, or use, or even on arithmetic grid, you're approximately trying to get about 1% per trade. Cause it takes about like Grove and I were talking about this earlier when we were talking about um, the project he's building and uh, say network and what they're doing and on KuCoin, the price per trade runs around like point. I think 3% or something like that. So the percentage profit they're showing you is actually like, if it says 1%, that means they took 0.3%, meaning you actually uh, uh, gave up one third of the profit in a sense, right? Because like you kept um, 1% profit, but they took 0.3%. That's a significant amount uh, if you think about it every single time. So all that time you're waiting for this shit to go up and down, they're always taking money from you. Um, so like, uh, that's what I was talking to Grover about, like 0.3% or lower would probably be the standard based on what centralized exchanges do. So that's what you want to do is like a 1%, uh, to where you set your increments where that's the approximate amount of profit per grid trade. You see what I'm saying? So then you just run it. And, and remember, like if you start a grid, like let's say for example, um, uh, flux here now, right? What if you set the bottom to like zero? Like, let's say you set it all the way to the bottom. Why would that be a bad idea? The reason it's a bad idea is because it's unlikely to go that low, right? You're unlikely to go to 10 cents or some shit. It's just super unlikely. So if that's the case, you know, just based on the popularity of the network and like the volume and whatnot, like running it all the way to the bottom, yeah, you'll preserve your capital because, you know, it'll keep more cash in case the price drops. But like it's never going to get there. So your capital is going to stay in cash doing nothing. You follow me? So like, and then if you set your grid too high, like let's say you're like, fuck it, I'm bullish on flux. I'm going to set the top at $10 and I'm going to just run this for 10 years. Well, the thing is like, if you set it too high, then you miss the point of the grid bot also to some extent. Like it almost, um, like, because it's not going to trade very much in those increments. So it's almost like, 
do you just work out better? And you can do this. It's like a, it's like a safe way to um, do limit orders. But at that point, you might as well, you could just simply put limit orders manually because why bother, you know, like Blue's in here. That's what he does. Like he just sets some limit orders down some different support levels and then some sell orders up some resistance levels or whatever um, using FIB uh, ratios and stuff. Anyway, uh, you, you could do that and like have way less trades, which is essentially the same thing that's going to happen if you have a really wide grid increment. So for a grid bot, I like right around that 1% profit per grid level. And uh, you don't want to set the grid range way too high or way too low. The goal is not to have this necessarily run forever, but to like take advantage of this volatility within a certain range. None of us can predict exactly, right? Like how many times it's going to go up and down and shit before, like maybe it'll go down and you want it to go down actually. If it goes down to like, let's say 50 cents and it picks up every single buy on the way down and you don't mind because you're not like, you're not hurting for that money right now, right? It's you're going to be in the negative for a while because obviously your principal has gone down in value. But then when it goes up again, um, it's selling on the way up and every single 1% increment up and down all the way through the course of time. So for something like Flux, I would estimate like approximately a 100 to 200% APY sort of number right. uh, based on okay. its volatility, which is pretty good, right? Like, so if you have, say, like, let's say the price of Flux is like, I don't know. Uh, like, let's say we get this wrong and maybe the freaking thing is like only 50 cents by, by next year, at least you have doubled your count of flux coins as right. a result of being in the grid or something like that, or, right. or your total. Initially just watching the volatility of it. Yeah. Um, I actually bought in at the top, which was just shy of $3 at its all time high last cycle. And I've picked up some bigger bags, uh, probably around the 60, 70 cent range. Yeah. Perfect. And just listening to what you said, that was the first thing that came to mind of running a grid bot for. Because in next year, exactly. I don't see it going above $2 unless something incredible happens. And that's fine. But it, it, it goes north of a dollar and it goes south of a dollar consistently. And a grid bot would be perfect if I can tune it correctly to take advantage of that volatility. Yeah. And, and I have also what's called uh, bearish and bullish uh, sort of grid bots too. The same way, like, you know how you choose your, um, your bottoms and your tops sort of for your range. Like, let's say you, you are like, oh, Holy shit, this market's really gotten too hot. Like I don't trust this market. Like I think, you know, flux is, you know, getting way too high or maybe the market's too high or whatever. Right. So let's say you want to maximally preserve your capital. What you can do is let's say at $3, like what you could have done is say, you know what, I still want to play this game, but I'm not sure if $3 is the right price, but I'm going to put the top of the grid at the price I'm at now. Right. You see what I'm saying? Like, so if you're at $3, you put the very top of the grid at three and then you have the bottom go all the way down to 50 cents. So then what would have happened was, is all the way down, all that volatility, you still would have sort of like had a chance to play, right? But when you, bought, when you enter the grid when the, with the top of the grid at the current price, it leaves it all in cash. And it's buying all the way to the bottom, right? So you, don't, you wouldn't have had to have predicted that it's going down to 60 cents or whatever it went to. Because like, let's, let's face it, like you didn't know it was going to go down that far, right? Like, you, you you know you might have suspected it go down to like two or one or some shit right but like like who knows how low it's going to go um you don't and um we oftentimes tend to um 
sort of underestimate that. But let's say you had gotten it wrong. Let's say you picked a range from like $3 to $1. The price fell all the way to 60 cents. Well, so what? Like you got a pretty decent deal. You got a lot of coins all the way down. And yeah, it wasn't perfect. But one thing I you know, tend to do is I tend to say, hey, look, uh, from my job or whatever, how much money is coming in like next month? And like, okay, what am I putting into this thing, right? This bot. Um, what if the price goes down to like 60 cents? Do I just want to run this bot? Do I want to close the bot? Because now I'm super bullish on the way up. I just want to be, 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 you know, like fully uh, in. Or on top of that, do I want to just double my purchase by just putting a spot buy at that low, right? And that's what I did for a lot of things. At the bottom, I just doubled my uh, bot uh, buy for the entire package. And that way, like I have a spot buy what 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 I can constitute like a 70 to 80 percent drop or something like that and that will be another way to sort of play so um yeah so like a good way to think about this is don't ever buy anything that you can't overwhelm with a larger buy later on period end of story like this is a good like general capital preservation tool and if it was like oh you know I'm gonna miss the boat and like you know I'm never gonna have an investment opportunity again like oh my god the bull market I'm getting old whatever like I gotta quit my job if you start with this like crazy mentality of oh I don't like my job and I'm gonna quit it and stuff you start making crazy decisions because you think oh you're just, you're just gonna like get rich as quick as possible I don't think that's the 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 right mindset to take personally like I guess you could and some people it works they get really rich really quickly and like just say fuck it um, but like I think what you would want to, to think about is, okay, if I buy something, I'm committing like, let's say 10K worth of whatever into this grid bot. If it goes to the bottom, right? Like I could just get another 10K because that money's coming in next month or, you know, you know, next few months or whatever. And if it gets there, then I'll park and I'll, I'll double it at that price or maybe leave a limit order down there or something like that, right? Does that make sense, Mac? I don't know if you caught all that or not, but anyway. Um, you, you, no, Doc, I, I caught all that. And it, yeah, cool. But it, but I was thinking like you know, I, I have a few bags. You know, I I got an Adam bag. You know, I got a polka dot bag. I got a big ass Cardano bag. Uh, but recently I acquired uh, Kadena, and naturally flux with that and a couple other smaller ac assets uh, through the Dexes, and I, I believe in that ecosystem, but. The one project, which is Flux, in the last six months has had the most volatility out of all of them. And just listening to what you said last night, uh, I, I think I want to run a bot on that, you know? Yeah, there, there's a couple of coins I think that, uh, like, bot, there's several coins that bots make sense on to me. Flux is one of them, and I was doing that, like, significant portion of last year. Uh, Cadena is one of them because it has one, it has some extraordinarily, you know, nutty ass volatility. But on top of that, it, uh, is probably getting close to as low as it's going to go. Like, even if it's like drops a bit more, it's like, whatever, it's going to go back up. Probably it's proof of work. It's hard to kill it. Right. It's hard for it to go to zero. And there's credible teams working on like stuff. Right. Um, now it's still fairly unproven tech in terms of like, scalability and this and that they've they've made a fair amount of promises that we have yet to sort of like fully see materialize yet so i would be kind of careful about that but otherwise 
you know, talking to, you know, Stuart Popejoy and the gang and, you know, all the pe- the people building there, they seem like they're really, really smart folks that know what they're doing, right? They're pretty old school. So I, I like that. And uh, so I think uh, KDA is a, a decent choice. Uh, now, KDA, though, like it's gone down a lot. Like, I don't know that I would buy a bot there. I might just buy a spot because it looks like it's, you know, it's, it's, it's cratered pretty good. Now, bear in mind, like the one thing to keep in mind for everybody is like BTC's mining price is about 10,000, right? <laughs> Bitcoin's 20K now. The number of times I thought, oh yeah, sure, the mining price is going to be support. Like I've been burned by that plenty of times. Holy shit. I always buy too high um, than I should, like, you know, whatever. But like if you get Bitcoin at, uh, if you peg it at 10,000, as a possibility, you can imagine, you know, altcoins um, are going to get dragged down in that mess. So, like, in other words, if KDA is at buck fifty now, should you rule out the possibility it could be seventy-five cents? I don't think you should rule it out. And the same with Flux, by the way. If it's a dollar now, can it be fifty cents? Sure, it can. Why not? Right. So, because if you look at Bitcoin mining price as sort of the bellwether, like canary in the coal mine or whatever, um, that's I think a good. Uh, like tactic to like address like what the bottom might be. And you know that the markets are fairly correlated. If BTC goes down 50%, like, you know, like our, uh, you know, flux or whatever might go down 75% or something ridiculous. So yeah, these mining bots, I mean, these uh, bots, what they do is they, they, they cause the market correlation, right? Like there's a reason why all these markets like go up and down together is because um, the, the, the bots, a significant portion of them tend to favor um, Bitcoin over the other coins. So like, for example, someone might run a Bitcoin Atom bot, but they might be like trying to acquire more Bitcoin, not Atom, because Bitcoin's like the standard of, you know, gold standard or whatever. So what that does is it like tends to preserve BTC's price on the downside. But at the same time, uh, you see all the altcoins pump way more on the upside. The problem is like, you'll get the altcoin pump on the upside, but like, uh, you wind up having to ride it down way more aggressive on the downside. So altcoins are what you would like maybe short at the top, right? And uh, and uh, because they're more likely to dump more. Um, so that's that's a consideration as well. Like, but anyway, it's uh, it depends on your kind of like tactics with all this. I don't like trying to figure out too closely how to short and long things, just because like I don't know between the stop losses and all the other bullshit you tend to lose a fair amount of money as well. I'm not a fan of leveraging, but I do like, in earlier last year, uh, right before the peak of the cycle, I was aware of KuCoin's uh, bot options, and I, I experimented with them. And I didn't do bad. I didn't do well. I broke just above even. But the way you explained it and uh, your friend from across the pond last night explained it by dialing in and fine-tuning parameters. You know, I hold assets that instead of waiting the spot buy on dips, you know, it, it, it makes more sense, the logic that you explained it through that logic, to take advantage of the volatility. And there's a couple things that I identified that fit that 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 spec and flux was one of them i'm going through you know what's available and that was the one that was like you know what this is a bag that i'm trying to acquire and i i i hit my limit on it you know i hit my kda limit um i just did a 
50k purchase not too long for kda so i i I, and that's only because i believe in you know will martinez and Stuart pope joy and you know them guys and and their background and i get a bunch of you know it's a wall street coin and but i believe in the tech well, I mean, they, they have credibly executed so far. There's not really a great exactly. reason to believe. I mean, not a great reason. See, I don't tend to go like to the very, very super early shit coins and whatnot. And the right. reason is because like I, w- I, I try to and it, it pisses me off to no end that Luna did what it did because I was just like, <laughs> like way too bullish. I was getting a phone call for a second. Tried to cut me off. Uh, no, I was going to say, like, uh, 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 you know, I try to find the projects that I don't have to worry about them going to zero. Ideally, um, you know, sometimes that fails as well. But like, uh, I think finding the most credible projects or what I would do for like grid bots and stuff like that, I wouldn't try to uh, like degen too much and run these things long term on something that I don't believe can come back up. And that's that's really important. And and, and that's my philosophy as well. I mean, when uh, Cadena demonstrated that they could scale their chain web tech that's when you had that outlandish run-up from a dollar 60 to 28 dollars or whatever you know? yeah like that was when nick and uh like myself and a bunch of other retards like posted a bunch of shit about kdl and, said, and all of a sudden it went up to the moon because what happened was is people were taking leverage on anchor borrow on Terra and okay. pumping the shit out of like the KDA coin, which is quite hilarious. Um, I, like it, it went up a lot because of leverage and because people are using Terra that people don't realize how much Terra money flowed into that at that moment. It's kind of funny because I watched it in real time. So it was kind of fun, but anyway, we're not that again until we're in our next cycle. Well, after the next having possibly. Uh, so big- yeah. Although it's hard to say with these things, like, is the market becoming more mature and is going to sort of break away from BTC? Maybe. I don't know. Right. I, unless we have a couple more black swans between now and then, I, I, I don't see anything other than. Yeah. Like, uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, like, Adam is just ripping the shit out of Bitcoin, right? Like, it's doing way better. Uh, oh, yeah. So it's like, like, if you look at, like, where it was at the bottom of the 2000 market and look at where it is now and look at Bitcoin. Um, there's just no comparison, right? Like, uh, I don't know how it did it, but like, uh, it, Adam has just been slowly just like trudging along, even with its weird inflationary shit and everything else. Like, it's been impressive. Like, I don't know. Like, it's like almost nobody notices it. It's funny. Now, and I have another question on the side. Um, myself and others in this space, we're, we're also in emergency medicine, and it's just unique to find a medical practitioner that's also very knowledgeable about black blockchain technology. And I was just curious, how did I, I, you, you started with a dot com, but how did you make that? that well, trans- well, kind of understand, like I've been in um, like my father was a printer uh, back when like that was a thing. And uh, I had access to like early um, uh, computers like that most children would have never had right like you know how like bill gates and shit had like you know like an, a, a computers at his school and they learned early and the next thing you know he's like you know building dos so like at those ages like i had i had computing really really early when nobody else did at a scale and a price level that was like you know way higher than most people so like i've been kind of playing with tech since i was a little kid right well we're in the same boot i mean yeah. I, my best friend his parents were uh president and vice president for the east coast branches of children 
Chilton Publishing. Oh yeah, there you go. So I, I, I had the first Mac. Yeah, exactly. Same. Yes, exactly. Uh, before like the you know the Commodore sixty four when everybody's doing logo. Right. And as a teenager, I had eighteen bald modems. You know what exactly, I mean? Exactly. Exactly. What we would call chat rooms now. You, you know. know? And we're the, we're the type of nerds that we go to like Radio Shack and like, you know, get a bunch of like, you know, I think my seventh grade, uh, like the science fair, which I wasn't required to enter. I think I, I, I got a university thing like for uh, electronic circuits. And it was the sensors thing where you like made like little electronic thermostats and shit like that. And I like soldered this board and etched it with acid and all that shit. Pretty good for a seventh grader. I think I actually uh, didn't realize that nobody did that shit at that age. Almost uh, very few people. And, um, you know, I was just doing my own thing, just building shit, right? Like building rockets and fucking remote control cars and like taking the tops off of them, ripping them apart, you know, these kind of things. So we were like in tech a very long time, right? So like each tech that came around, like, you know, we'd go to like, I, I would go to like printing conventions. I'm sure you've done this too. Like those massive printing presses would be like, you know, uh, you know, multi-million dollar, you know, mega presses back in those days and that's in the like 80s and stuff when that shit was expensive right so you'd see all this tech and all this shit happening like these really high color monitors that were just coming out remember all that like it was it was exciting times and like there's this kind of like intuition you get when you're just like this you know super nerd or whatever and you're sitting around like making shit all the time and you're you know you're trying to like make you know in other words you're not the kid that like just simply played on the computer you like sat and programmed shit just for fun right that kind of thing so like I got enough understanding of like how, um, you know, I'm not like some computer science degree or whatever. I decided not to go that route, but like, I, I you, you know, you, if you program enough early on, you understand basic, you know, um, you know, subroutines and all the other, you know, normal shit that goes into programming enough to where you sort of understand, um, you know, uh, like just the general structure of these things. And then if you kind of, do other things like trade on exchanges and this and that and do, um, you know, high frequency trading and grid bots and stuff like that. You just keep playing, right? Then you just sort of figure it out. Like Coach was saying yesterday, it's like he and I did the exact same thing. We just go push every button on the thing, right? See how it works. And then like figure out how to like tweak the dials and, you know, like maybe figure out what kind of problems are in the system. Like, you know, are the fees appropriate and like how much am I losing? All those kind of little things. It's like fun. Um, and uh, you kind of like, yeah. So when you, and you know, there's a lot of other fun shit too. Like remember when Top Gun one came out, like all of us wanted to be goddamn fighter pilots. Right. So like I had this thing where like for a year, I thought for sure I was going to be like a, you know, some kind of naval aviator, like everybody, like, you know, it was the greatest uh, fucking military advertiser of all time. Shut up. Hey. All right. That's fucking annoying. Anyway. So <laughs> So, uh, yeah, but basically we, we kind of did so many interesting, like, you know, stupid shit back then. And, uh, like, you know, back then when Top Gun came out, it was like, I remember like going to hanging out at like Coronado and like checking out all the airplanes and the, the fighter planes and like, you know, like, you know, you know, talking to people at like Grumman cause they built the F-14 and all this bullshit. Right. Like back in those days, you could just like pick up the phone and like call people and like, Hey, by the way, send me some cool shit about the F-14. And you just call the company. Remember? Like, so like, it's a, you, you know, you had a lot of like cool sort of like uh, understanding relatively early on about like military tech and this and that. And then later, like I was around a lot of um, like veterans really early, like, you know, military vets, uh, you know, and then later like in school around a lot of military um, uh, 
you know, bases and such like Brooks Army, for example, in San Antonio had like some of the like really cutting edge uh, like computer screens. Like I remember like the radiology screens there were the first to get like a full pack system. Um, and like the screen, like the monitor would be like a hundred grand just for the monitor itself. And you'd have this access early on when like nobody had this shit. Right. Um, and then now, you know, we're used to it everywhere, obviously, but, um, yeah, getting used to a lot of early tech with, in military bases and this and that, and the other thing, like it really kind of, um, I don't know, it, it gets, you just saturate yourself in tech your entire life. This is, you know, you sort of like get some intuitions, I guess. That, that's kind of how I see myself. Like, just like, I don't know how to like program every fucking thing. I don't want to spend that much time, like, like, you know, Grover and the gang here, like developing every DAP. But at the same time, I have a feeling like what I think needs to be built, um, what I might use. Right. And then you say like exactly the stuff we're talking about, Mac, like Grover and I were just talking about this a little earlier, like, Hey, let's, um, how do we get this running on, you know, uh, an order book and he's doing it on say network with, you know, you know, the protocols are doing vertex and also say, and like, you know, that's exactly what I've been dreaming of using. Cause I don't want to pay like a million, you know, like just tons of taxes, you know, running grid bots on KuCoin or some shit. Like I'd rather have a system where it's like, I just punch like Mac, if imagine you, like you, the grid bot, like it didn't record all the different individual transactions. Imagine if you put in, let's say a hundred thousand dollars and it spit out like 150 so it just showed you a single transaction of 50K instead of a million little like grid bot transactions, right? That's what's possible um, on the crypto side of things, which like KuCoin and this and that have not allowed you to do so far. Does that make sense? Like, so that, that to me, after playing with grid bots, I'm like, hey, this would be really, really cool and really super useful to have, um, you know, on the Cosmos, almost got built on Terra, you know, but like before the goddamn thing crashed. And, uh, like, it was like, literally like I could taste it. It was so close. It was like, you know, like months away. And, uh, you know, that wreck was, uh, uh pretty painful, uh, after having waited so long for such cool shit. Remember that Grover? Like, oh yeah. What do you mean? Grover, mm -hmm. you were in retrograde, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, uh, yeah. we were launching. You literally and... launched right as everything died. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is the joke, um, that we can now make and kind of laugh a little bit is that our phase two launch pretty much coincided like the timer, like it was like the doomsday clock. Like when it got to the end, it was within maybe two hours of the first like real DPEG. So we, we timed it perfectly, uh, which was kind of annoying. Um, pretty annoying actually, because we just spent many months getting this thing lined up and uh, building up this beautiful narrative and talking to all the whales and, getting all the astro tokens and uh yeah it was just like ridiculous really yeah. but hey you know the you know the funniest thing bro not funniest thing but you know what the biggest mistake i think uh might have been of terra was all of us underestimated how decentralized the ownership of ust and luna actually were right mm. that would be the best description of the problem there right yeah it just wasn't big enough and liquid enough with enough the, distributed ownership uh, to prevent yeah, this mean, sort of thing there yeah. was there yeah we could spend an entire two hour space on on what went wrong and what went right and what we do differently and but, but yeah but i guess I, the reason i bring it up is like right like the 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 magic of what was being created if created correctly with the right kind of like infrastructure and timing was one of the fucking most important things i could envision crypto have, could have ever created right literal yeah. internet native stablecoin money that could be scalable 
was like the holy grail of fucking everything. I mean, I'm not yeah. kidding. Like, like there was like, it, it maybe still needs to be created somehow, but that's my point. Like the intuition from the tech angle is like, Hey, this is what we absolutely need. Right. And as a relatively, you know, libertarian individual, this is like the thing we need to like preserve freedom. So like people think the lunatics are like, you know, cause the name lunatics, like we're all just nuts or some shit. Uh, but actually like, uh, a lot of people on Terra were really, really um, like smart people who wanted this to work. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, and 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 felt it was really important for the world to have, and uh, for it to get kind of prematurely fucked up before it got big enough was sad. <laughs> yeah, I remember like the the pitch that sort of struck me was probably around the time Anchor, maybe just before Anchor was launched like the pitch for ust was it's better to spend and better to save than fiat currency um and you know you like finality in seven seconds on payments and you get paid much higher apys than your savings account which in hindsight hey you know but anyway yeah lots of problems i mean the main the main thing here is it was it's just so painfully close to getting to like that next that next step sort of um you know it was just we remember all this talk about getting the the uh, the four four curve pool and taking over stablecoin liquidity on ethereum the funniest shit was like they were gonna have like ust at the national stadium remember that like oh geez oh yeah i think i think the advert's still there you know are they still there? Actually, I should ask my cousin. He was just at the <laughs> National Stadium last week. Anyway. Oh, the Terra Lounge. Yeah. Hey, Thomas. Yeah. Let, me, let me grab Thomas. He's been waiting to hang out. <laughs> Thomas, go ahead, brother. Hello, everyone. Tom. Hey, buddy. I hope the tunes have actually some Can't really hear you there. Mm, it sounds like you're trapped at the bottom of a well, Thomas. You might need to uh, get closer to your phone. Well. Yes. Uh, until Thomas climbs out of his well, um, yeah, having a uh, borderless payment system with which is better to spend, better to save, that all made complete and utter sense. Uh, but yeah, we kind of glazed over a little bit there on the, the reflexivity of Luna. And I, I, I don't know about you, C5, but I, I got completely caught in the headlights trying to figure out how to get my capital out of Terra. I didn't stop to think I should short Luna, although it's very, very obvious. And we all knew how it worked. <laughs> so it's like, I just didn't think to short Luna at the time, which was like an obvious play. But, uh, you know, I, I think I think a lot of us are the same, like, shit, I've got way too much here on this chain. I need to get this, get this away as fast as I can. Where can I sell this? <laughs> Where can I sell this UST? Uh, I think that was the, the main thing for me at the time. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, the people that were, like, on vacation and shit, right? <laughs> like, like they come back and, like, oh, shit, like, that's no good. Um, you know, I had the fortune of being, like, sitting right there with my computer, like, trying to figure that shit out. And, you know, I was able to exit with something, which, uh, you know, which was reasonable. But, like, yeah, for sure. What a mess. Kind of a – anyway. But, uh, like, I think, uh, yeah, that was quite the setback, though, in terms of, like, where – you know, adoption and whatnot was going, right? Like that would have been an exciting thing to kind of keep moving forward. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I remember like Outlet, you know, all these card, like uh, integrations of MasterCard and video games. really, really useful stuff. Yeah, video games, you know, just super, super applicable. I, I kind of think that's the Satoshi vision was like a payment system 
that people could use. And uh, it's kind of transformed into some nonsense about store of value, which is clearly not true. Um, I, but I just think, um, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what was what he had in mind is some kind of payment system that was everything UST was except just not the part where it goes to zero. Um, so, well, well, Bitcoin yeah. becomes the stable coin when it becomes the the highest value asset on the planet, right? That was the bet. So it wasn't that it was like it would stay like no currency in the world is necessarily stable, stable. Everything fluctuates yeah. on a daily basis versus something else, right? And that was the other thing, like the other amazing thing that like if Terra worked was Vertex protocol, remember? The um, you know, the protest, mm. the protocol forex. for like, yeah, the forex essentially, and that would have been very, very important. Like, and all of those things would have like further stabilized the system in a many, many ways, right? Like, so uh, you know, things were kind of going the right direction. I think like um, having too much like off chain adoption uh, was oddly part of the problem, which is interesting. So, because like the off chain mm. uh, liquidity became. Uh, too big and like you could do too yeah. many shenanigans and depeg shit. Yeah, it's shenanigans. That's yeah. When you start selling a whole pile of UST and you know billions and billions of dollars worth, and then it's kind of in these all these places. It's in Ethereum pools. It's on central exchanges where you can't really control the the price. Like you know your on chain levers can only do so much and. You're kind of like on a little island, which is called Terra, but now your stablecoin is out there on the free market, and people can buy and sell it, and it can it can lose peg, um, especially Grover, when you pull liquidity. Yeah, but Grover, like on your on the Say chain or um, you know this new project, like you'd mentioned Axelar, right? Like, mm. like I still have a problem with bridges. Like I don't oh, want to, yeah. like, I don't want to be involved with bridges anymore. They're fucking like dangerous. Like having spoken extensively to OX is, I can agree that uh, bridges are not the ideal situation. Uh, yeah, the Axelar chain, you know, it's it's um, it's it's the best thing that we have right now, and they've got a bunch of really cool things with messaging. You know, I don't want to downplay that too much. Um, I did sign an NDA today. Um, regarding means, something, uh, you can say anything you want today. <laughs> yeah, but just not tomorrow. That's so, cool. So, um, we might not need to use bridge for much longer. I think I'll leave there. Maybe. Uh -huh. Yeah, I thought that was the case. Not too long in the future, anyway. Right. Yeah, that's sweet. Yeah, not having a bridge is a first step. Um, the second step is like some sort of sovereign <laughs> system uh, outside of USDC, which sort of like is whatever. Um, I, I use it, but it's like I'm not happy about it. It, it like and then after Terra, like it even like irritates me even more. So I'm like, I don't really want to mm, make yeah. you feel dirty, right? It's like, it, oh, it, I have to touch USDC. It yeah. Like, it, it's we're we're still waiting for a Cosmos native native stable. Actually, uh, I can probably talk about. Well, there is another um, there's another stable coin coming across from another ecosystem and deploying natively on say, uh, and it's it's not like backed by or controlled by a issuing entity that can freeze your assets in your wallet. So that's a plus. Um, it's quite, it's quite, it's quite funky. Uh, can I share? Probably not. I, I think in the not too distant future they'll they'll announce it. 
but uh yeah it's it's like a first um which is really cool uh, maybe okay so like the mechanism is 100 percent collateralized by a delta neutral position um oh, rather than yeah so like oh, you, you'd use vortex as like the perp like um uh you have the funding rate um and I, you know what? I'm probably, probably, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. <laughs> all right, don't say it anymore. But I get I it. I don't say anymore. All right, all right. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. The um, yeah. Like I, I think even in a small scale, right? Like if all you wanted to do is use a stable coin as part of, say, a grid bot, like you know, Mac and I are using on KuCoin, or just some simple exposure to a stable, right? Uh, even if you don't want to put billions and billions of dollars in it, you just want to have some access to a stable. Um, you know, and you don't need it to be massive and like rule the world and all that shit. That's just let it for like all practical yeah. purposes, right? I wasn't using UST to go and like, you know, I wasn't really using it to go buy shit, you know, at the supermarket or whatever. Like that wasn't the relevant point. Like the the point was to have a reasonable stable exposure on chain that you could trade against, right? And and when so I, I think on a small scale, we know algorithmic stable coins work just fine. It's at the larger scale that it gets more and more problematic is like, and you get all these weird distortions when the algorithm, I think another good way to describe what happened to UST Luna was the algorithms reach is within the individual blockchain, right? The algorithm does not reach into Binance. It doesn't reach into Coinbase, et cetera. Yeah, so that's yeah. where part of the problem happens is, and I was, I was wondering, that was one of the things, the sort of like weird, like, like shadow in the back of my brain that said to myself, like, you know, like the, as the ecosystem gets bigger and bigger, like the the flow back to this blockchain gets smaller and smaller. Like, how does the algorithm ultimately exert its influence, except for the external arbs? And like, you know, all of that mess. I think, like, you know, I, I think our algorithmic algorithmic stablecoin will work fine so long as its only pr mm -hmm. promise is on chain. That's it. No bridges. No nothing. Right. So yeah, it, unsustainable growth that's that's being sort of pushed and forced like An anchor was an uns unsustainable sort of protocol um paying an extraordinary amount of money to people in order to like uh increase the usd market cap uh unnaturally quickly so and they had no capital controls so you could just like yeah pull the capital it. controls a problem <laughs> yeah that, that that was and then when trust is lost you know it's kind of the same with any currency really um uh, especially with an algorithmic experimental cryptocurrency currency, <laughs> once you lose trust, it's it's kind of gone and and that's it. Um, so all all someone has to do is is break the peg a little bit, um, cause a bank run on anchor, and then you know that's it, game over. It doesn't matter what you do, no amount of money can be thrown at this and uh, and save it at, at that point. So um, yeah, keeping it small and I wouldn't say like yeah, just just like it's being used for settlement for trades there's a natural sort of uh growth that will happen and this happens you know there's there are smaller algorithmic stable coins which have gone that sort of route so um uh yeah i don't know that's that's as much as i want to talk about terror actually with that. <laughs> <laughs> blue uh you want to hop on yeah. oh yeah yeah and no, i was just going to rewind back to adam uh i was going to do a little research in the background i didn't want it to break me away from the room but uh, what is uh, its basic utility? Because I tried plugging it into my system, 
and I wasn't really able to find a lot of well, correlations. So I'd have to make a different ecosystem for it. But I could tell it's heavily bot traded just by the amount of positions that get pulled and shift forward and move back and maneuvered. I can see it right here in front of me. So, so I can so, tell there's a lot of activity on it. So, so Brother Blue, just to give you a quick history lesson, uh, the original founders of Ethereum, uh, Vitalik, uh, Charles Hoskin, uh, Gavin Wood, and a couple others, they solved the problems with Ethereum because they created it. And eventually, after it launched, they all had their own solutions to filling those gaps with, with, with the problem that they solved. So that they identified. Um, Cardano went one way with Charles, uh, Polkadot, and Adam is another one. So they're, they're layer ones that all come to the same consensus through different techniques. So so basically, when you're looking at Adam, it's a, it's a layer one eco for an ecosystem that actually the last cycle really took off took off and had a lot of development um i hold adam i hold all of them you know i i believe in multiple winners in this market and these guys i place my trust in their higher knowledge in that eth is something that they had a hand in creating and they firsthand know it's strengths and weaknesses and they went about their own projects addressing that so uh let, let me give it to you all right yeah i mean i'm a numbers guy so right now it's kind of weird this algorithm's a little different usually you put your stronghold your artificial line of support or resistance after your column of two or three that you intend on selling so this guy whoever did this he's definitely intelligent and knows the basic maneuvers of of uh, institutional money, you just set it up a little bit different. It moves a little bit more. But right now, you're ranging from twelve thirty-seven to, let's see, uh, twelve fifty-six-three, and that that's the range of, of of artificial intelligence that's forcing the, the the driven force until volume overflows. I mean, you can look at the depth chart and you see that strong line of support. Don't matter how big that wall is, because you have more selling pressure coming in at a harder directional flow and movement. That that little tiny mountain could chop right into that big wall of green like it was nothing. So yeah, I can no. tell instantly by looking at the chart, the different forms of algorithm that KuCoin does not allow. Uh, I see the custom algorithms right now. Is and what and, and Blue, uh, one thing to be aware of when you're messing with Adam, uh, besides obviously the price action, just be aware that like uh, it's at the moment, it's 19% uh, yield inflationary. So like your opportunity cost already is that if you simply stake it, you're getting 19% for sure, right? So any calculation you make as far as like what kind of profitability you want to make over, say, I don't know, whatever, a year or week or whatever, you you have to, you kind of consider that in there because the yield is like basically like sort of guaranteed to you in a sense. And that yield oftentimes I'll use to, let's say you could take the yield and maybe take a like a 5X long or a 5X short using the yield. So there's, there's some games you can play a little bit with these yield earners. So that's something to kind of just overall keep in mind when it comes to these wildly high yield earners. There's like, there's some other strategies you can play with to like 
um, depending on your time horizon, obviously, if your time horizon is short, you just want to like, you know, uh, look at the price action. I tend to avoid high inflationary coins for too much bot activity, right? Like uh, Mac mentioned uh, Flux earlier, and we talked about KDA and things like that. Um, uh, like these, these proof of stake assets with high inflationary yield, it's like you lose the, the, the benefits of that when you go botting it. To me, it's like, why not just take a fixed supply thing or something? Uh, or something like uh, flux or whatever, and that's a I think to me a better choice for just like a either trading or a bot or something like that. Does that make sense? Like because it doesn't have any yield anyways. So there's no opportunity cost loss there. Oh, absolutely, man! I just tried to refine a very simple logical system that I can see in front of me that allows me to jump into any asset and trade at least until the order list is filled out, and then you see what the reactionary flow is. It was just something I taught myself. Yeah, so like, where 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 would you buy like Adam and sell it? You know, approximately given your uh, your sort of like what you're looking at. Uh, right now, you know, depends on whether or not uh, twelve thirty six two is an artificial line um, of 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 uh, support that's meaning to be pulled. But right now, you know, very much so a certain execution of guarantee to be about twelve forty flat. I see a little mid-market price gap, but it isn't that bad if you want to put it in, tw- in front of uh, uh, t- next spot up is 12411. And then it's going to be trading selling. in and out. Like be, yeah, in and out. Yeah, and it's going to be selling and dumping in the range of, you know, probably about 12549, 12547, depending on whether or not 1254555 is an artificial uh, let's say stall to market flow and movement so you can execute those lower orders that are up on the board. That's just that those orders will get filled no matter what. That's what the algorithms are designed to do. And so if now, you have you, to put a, are you on spot or are you playing leverage? What, what, like what kind of orders do you put in? I'm just talking about spot trading. Say I just wanted to go in right now, pull out a you know, quick thousand bucks or depending on how much I drop into it. Yeah, I can spot trade and pull money out of this all day long. So if you're that short term, are you playing with like your stop losses or are you do you doing without stops? Like in other words, if you were a I'll watch it live. I'll watch it live because some of those positions are artificial. So I don't want that to get pulled on me as those positions that get executed get shifted above because there's more volume flow that comes in. You know what I mean? You've seen it on the board, right? Yeah, of course. Yes, yeah. So I I like touch screens and everything. So I set things up for preset prices within the ranges I feel comfortable and instantly cancel or execute ones just with three movements. One, two, three, you know, minimal movement, full execution, crypto athlete. bro. Now, which which uh, which uh, exchanges are you like watching the, the books on? I just do like Coinbase Pro is my deal. Just because I live in New York, I have tyranny, man. I KYC, I pay taxes, so I don't. I just I, I can make money and survive in the system of that New York provides. But like, what do you do about the idea that like Binance has just a, a much bigger order book for say Adam or? You know? Oh yes, yes. Well, I'll actually do that too because just because the platform I trade on it doesn't mean necessarily platform I only look at. I'll pull oh, up multiple sure. platforms. Okay. And, yeah, yeah, exactly, my friend. You don't. And I try to tell people that, right? Especially when you're dealing with limited access. You know, even through a uh, slight movement or arbitrage, you can pull up multiple um, um, good quality live charts, whoever provides it. You know, if it's not a live feed, it's garbage. It's a waste of time. Oh, well, yeah. But, uh, I brought up the, the, the night that we uh, crushed uh, Terra Luna after the DPEG. And you were calling that room from three different, you were trading on 
uh, it wasn't BitMEX, but uh, we did Voyager, KuCoin, and uh, Rap Luna on Coinbase Pro. Yeah, yep, yep. Oh, you were trading on Coinbase Pro with the Rap Luna, and there was some arbitrage between all of those prices, and like I was calling out numbers from uh, KuCoin. And you were calling out the, the in the arbitrage. You were slightly ahead uh, in percentage. Yeah, Voyager actually had the best values of that whole entire scenario. Believe it or not, uh, they, they they were pretty much ahead of everyone, even KuCoin. Right, but uh, that's an example of. And we were talking about Terra because these these guys. Apparently, they 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 they're the catalyst for this latest runoff, and that that's a personal baby that you know I, I did very well in in a bear market with nothing throwing dust my dust that I had in wallets I threw in there and turned into six figures just because it was that volatile at that time and it ran up and right now it, it's it's still running. Terra Luna's uh it, it cracked last night, you know twenty seven, you know I got out. I watched it run to uh, four two, four three when we were running it that weekend when it first depegged, and uh, I got out at three seven. Yeah, some of us picked it up with what, what six zeros or something that we did public trade with five. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, I see others have their hands up right now, and uh, I don't want to. Oh. But I don't know where where we left you off in terms of like questions or whatever. He had a comment or something. Uh, no, it's all good. All good. Um, I just want to uh, very briefly circle back to the uh, grid box. Um, I was just wondering. I, I remember yesterday, Coach uh, was talking about a particular third party um, service he liked to use for like the API integrations. I, I kind of missed the name. Wondering if you could recommend any of these other third party bots i can sort of plug into these other exchanges to play around with uh, are some of them free are they paid yeah a decent one um well uh most of well the really high quality ones in terms of user interface like the ones that are simpler to use typically will like take some percentage fee uh per transaction that's how they make money so like that would be like kucoin um another good one depending which country you're in is uh gate.io is good uh, and then another, and that's all again a centralized exchange. And then a third one is Pionex. Uh, Pionex, uh, I think, trades off of Binance, which has I think the lower fees. So that's P I O N E X. You can check that out. They have a pretty good app. They do yes, Infinity sir. Bots. Uh, they do Infinity Bots and um, uh, Grid Bots, and I believe they do both arithmetic and geometric geometric grids. Uh, like the, I think the best structured. Like, uh, like the best, most capable seem to me like gate.io, but like they started like, um, not allowing, uh, as much us customers on. So like, or they booted us or whatever. So I was like, all right, had to move off of there, but I liked gate a lot. If you're in maybe Europe or something, you might be able to do uh, gate possibly. Uh, yeah. So I, I've been playing around with the, the KuCoin ones a, a fair bit. I, I think I've, Got my head around the sort of the basics of how to how that works and how to set them up. What I was wondering about was, uh, I remember you mentioned yesterday, or, or maybe Coach did. You know, you can sort of identify some of these coins that don't have a lot of bot activity because these, you know, different centralized exchanges don't offer the bots on those particular pairs. 
and you can plug in through the APIs, these third-party bots. That's what I was more wondering about, some of these other third-party services. Maybe one I can go and have a play around with and try plugging into Binance or something like that. Yeah, I'm trying to think of which ones I've used. Uh, which country are you in? Uh, I'm in Australia. Uh, yeah, you should probably get access to quite a bit. But um, let me think. I think th- like three commas might have some options. Um, like, let me think. Uh, it's been a while since I've like messed around with the external bots. Um, largely because like the convenience of just running it on like KuCoin was like fine. To some extent, it's not like you're in, like, no matter what you use, your coins are on some exchange somewhere, right? So uh, I think what he meant to say is like, okay, it's if you have coins that you're not, um, like, not available somewhere, that external API connector might be a nice way to do it. The, uh, the thing is, like, most of the coins I care about from the perspective of like grids, like with grids, I'm mostly interested in those things that are improbable to go to zero based on their design. Um, so, you know, like I, I don't find myself looking for like grid bot exposure on like dozens of coins or some shit. I'm not sure that's needed. Like if you're just trying to like extract volatility value, right? I think two or three coins like that you get a good feeling for is probably all you really need. Uh, so that's something to think about. The other thing would be like uh, if you wanted uh, an interesting bot is the Pax G, um, which is gold. Um, this is on KuCoin, by the way. Pax G versus uh, Bitcoin, which tend to move in opposite directions, is not a bad idea either. You can check that out very, very frequently. Like gold moves opposite Bitcoin. Which, uh, you know, if you're fine with the price exposure of gold, it's almost a stable coin, right? If you think about it, um, it's not moving too much. And gold is a, I mean, I'm sorry, Bitcoin, uh, I don't know, it's becoming a quasi-stable coin compared to everything else. Uh, when you mix the two together and you're 50-50 in that, right, that combo is a pretty good, like, relatively stable uh, combination and, and the volatility is pretty decent. Uh, but you know, gold and Bitcoin don't move with the velocity of, uh, you know, a lot of other altcoins and shit. Like, so I like, uh, what Mac was saying with flux. I think that's a good op, really good idea personally anyway, but blue. Yeah. Yeah, man. I just wanted to say for the people in this room, like for the style of trading he's referring to and the method, what he just said could not be more true. Don't get rubberneck. Don't start looking at all these assets. And I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. You're not a kid in a candy shop. Find specific assets that your brain relates to that best suits this style of investing and master them. You only really need a couple assets. You don't need to go through the whole 2000 and something freaking Rolodex of crap. Yes, you can have fun and explore with house money if you're getting a little bored and you want to spice it up and something comes with this awesome new utility that may or may not be, you know, in the public's eye yet. But for what he's talking about, for ranging, for botting, applying it in whatever fashion you want, wherever it may be, whether it's from the custodian or something you're plugging into a custodian, learn the asset that makes sense to you that works for this type and, and, and this style and mindset and master it, you know, seriously. And, and that's how you're going to be most successful because you will be focused. 
Yes, it's great to understand the ecosystem, but wait until you're fully focused and dialed in on an asset, and then go explore the rest of your crypto desires. Just my opinion. Yeah, and, and to Bug's point, it's probably not unreasonable. Uh, if you have an external uh, bot platform that can connect to different exchanges, if you're going to leave a lot of money in exchange, like you know, you're going to be putting a substantial portion of your sort of real money on exchange somewhere, um, you probably are better off using multiple exchanges. So that's where like knowing several of these platforms might be helpful. But also one good thing about like checking out Pionex, Gate, and KuCoin, just going on there and playing, is that you see the differences in the structure of how like their designs are set up. You're like, oh, okay, this is an option that this platform doesn't have, or oh, you know what, that one has this and that. So you get a little better feeling for like the possible sort of dials and levers. It's almost like if you go to like, a, I don't know if any of you guys play like, uh, you know, synth, uh, synth keyboards and stuff, but you go to different ones and they have different dials, you know, a bunch of knobs and shit. And like, depending on which one you, which one you use, like some of them have things that are very similar and others have different features that are different. It's the same kind of concept. It's worth like checking each of them out just to sort of see like, where would you use this particular strategy? Like if it was an infinity bot, which is different than a grid bot, like, why would I use this? Like. What type of exposure am I putting myself in? Like, okay, what's the upside and downside, like risk and potential? Like, you know, does this get me more of the coin that I want or does it get me more of USDC or whatever, or USDT, right? So that's a difference too. So some people aren't in it for the profit. Some people are in it to get more of the coin that they care about, in which case like an infinity bot makes sense, right? Like that's, a, that's one of the ones on KuCoin. Uh, but at the same time, you might like to bug, uh, Bug's point, you might not get the coin that you want uh, on an infinity bot, like, cause they're very specific, which uh, coach mentioned yesterday. So like you can play around and just kind of see, but yeah, don't go crazy with like a whole bunch of money. First thing to do is just sort of like plug in some numbers, play with a hundred bucks or something and just go, Hey, look, uh, what does this thing do? Like how much, uh, you know, uh, does this make sense? Like, okay. It, it, it's important to ride one of these down a little bit. So you go, Oh, okay. That's what it looks like when it's going down. Am I comfortable with that? Is the, like when I'm at a loss, am I fine? Because like these things take time, right? They're not like, they're not certainly not instant get rich quit schemes by any stretch of the imagination. So don't think that like you can do well over the long run. You just have to have a strategy that makes sense. Um, hey, dumb fucks, what's up? <laughs> what's up, bro? What you doing? No, just chilling. I seeing the, seeing crypto trading and I, you know, I just wanted to join and hear what was being talked about in here and stuff. Yeah, you got any questions about what the kind of the banter in here? No, I'm I'm pretty uh, well versed uh in the the realm of crypto. So, uh you know, I just wanted to hear some cool. some of what you got. So, what are you what are you buying out there? What are you doing? Uh, Ethereum. Oh, you like Ethereum? Cool. Yeah. You, you so like uh what are you, you going to play this merge thing or what? What are you doing? Um, not really. Just going to hold on. Just holding on. Yeah, that's cool. Like right now, like I could, I got like more than enough to play around with. Like I got, like, just enough to play around with. So you know, I'm just watching the market shifts and see what's what's what. Yeah, cool. Yeah, enjoy. <laughs> um. Oh, hey, grits! You've been hanging out here for a while. You've been staying busy. 
Yeah, I'm actually cataloging the entire Cosmos ecosystem now. I was going to chime in earlier about like nice. what started Cosmos, and you guys totally didn't talk about Jay Kwan and how he basically helped start Polkadot with that other dude and all that shit. With oh, his yeah. Ideas. I didn't yeah. know he was part of Polkadot. I forgot. No, he wasn't, but he like gave, pretty much gave them the fucking paperwork to figure it out. Like he was, oh. he's a catalyst for like all of the shit. He's the main idea behind the decentralized multi-chain shit. Yeah, no, like Jay is just a fucking boss, man. Like that's all there is yeah. to it. <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like I, I recognize genius when I see it. That's for damn sure. <laughs> like, yeah. and he and he is it. Yeah. I've ran into a few people like him before, and they always do some crazy, amazing shit. Generally, so. Hey, Grits, man. Do you mind if I ask you what you mean about logging the Cosmos ecosystem? Because oh, that's I'm, ca- I'm cataloging it. I'm cataloging the entire thing. Like, I've got over 600 projects listed, and I've barely even started. Okay, I see what you're saying. Never mind. I was just thinking something different. Thank you. It's it's uh it's for another project I'm working with. They're building basically a website that's going to be like the Google of Co- of of not Cosmos, but interchain stuff, multi-chain things. So, oh, it's fantastic, bro. Oh, phenomenal. I just had a different mindset. So when you said that, I was just like, yeah, yeah. I build I build tooling for for stuff. I, I generally I'm always working on something. That sounds like a flux project, bro. Yeah, and everyone in here should probably like uh, if you're into Cosmos shit. Yeah, definitely follow up on Grits here. Uh, Grover here is uh, you know building stuff on say SEI chain with uh, uh, like uh, like some of the interesting shit that I care about, which is like ultimately getting things like grid bots in a vault system on chain so we don't have to use like kucoin and those fucking shit anymore <laughs> like just yeah. irritated by that stuff like i'd rather have this on chain and like i think grover is an actual hired dev though the main thing i do for money is moderate projects in the cosmos i'm hired at some places but that's about it yeah so anyway like yeah, yeah keep up with grover and uh and uh yeah like, like we, these guys kind of like are keeping up with what's happening in the ecosystem. Yeah. I actually have a calendar, giant calendar, also a Google calendar that I, I have. I'm building a bot that uh, lists all the spaces that, out of any, out of a Twitter fo- uh, users, followers. So, I, and it's going to, I'm going to try and make it move all that stuff into the Google calendar automatically. So I don't have to do it anymore, <laughs> but yeah, if you need to know those, I have the link Just DM me on Twitter. Yeah, I've gotten to the point where it's like hard for me to schedule these things. So I just like, it's like spontaneously open them. At least sometimes I'm able to go a really long time. So if you can find me, you're cool. <laughs> you can like ask me whatever. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I do this. Like I, I tend to kind of like talk to a lot of like various ecosystem folks and try to, you know, talk to founders and things like that. And maybe like schedule some AMAs sometimes, mainly just to kind of like uh, keep an eye on things. Uh, what I try to do is just kind of like maybe use my maybe science tech background to kind of, uh, ask like probing questions, like maybe like, I don't know, am I some kind of journalist? I don't know. I I consider myself sort of like, maybe like just, uh, just looking for alpha and maybe like if you find some while I'm digging, uh, you know, feel free to like (laughs) come along for the ride. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I just think, uh. It, it takes a certain amount of like maybe technical and scientific background, statistics background to really know. And like, you know, some bullshit's being developed, right? Like, like, yeah. like it just doesn't have any relevant sense. Like, 
you know, sniffing out nonsense is actually an important part of this. Well, process. that's why people say people like Jake Wan's crazy or whatever, because he's like working in the future. What he is working on doesn't make sense to you because his ideas are so far ahead that you can't conceive what the genius is making. Right. It's just the way it is. Yeah, it costs like money for upkeep, electrical bill. Then you got like graphic cards failing every like every other month. Oh, I've been mining for 10 years. I know how that is. Yeah. Yeah. So the only reason I'm saying this is sorry to interrupt, just an example of what I was saying. So even like right now, as more volume comes into Adam, a lot of those positions fell higher to about, uh, you know, 12.66 or 12.57.5, you know, 12.57.6. So so they are kind of dancing and jogging here as uh, the volume comes into play. These bots are definitely anticipating volume flow and, and – um, um, orderless without a doubt uh, there's not a human doing this they're not feeding it in like that so that's the type of bots i like i like sophisticated shit um have you looked at the akash chart yet they have a bot on that sell, buying and selling and it looks really crazy and then they are, they're on a vesting schedule paying back their vcs or whatever until early next year so it might be an opportunity if you're looking for some up and down volatility I have it, man. You know, I got to be honest. The only reason why I discovered this is because this is what was fucking kicking my ass as I thought I was a trader until patterns started oh, popping out. And I started and I'm like, oh, fuck you guys. I'm going to fuck you. Know, so that's a good, that's a good idea. Artificial orders of suppression and fucking support and pulling it out just to fuck them and pull them into a wick. I mean, I apologize. Fucking I don't want to be vulgar, but. But yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, man. So I, I discovered those the hard way. I didn't know that you could just fucking sign up to something and put some values in. I was I was at war against these things for a long time. Yeah, man. It's it's awful. It's awful. You guys uh you guys pushing ether, you guys are on other currencies. My time with Ethereum has passed a long time ago. I've... <laughs> yeah, I, I think ultimately like that, this issue of like you know, where is your home? Like, where is, you know, where are you going to spend most of your time? I think in the, in the short run, people that get into crypto, it's like about, oh, like, where can I make a buck and everything, right? So if you're some of like ultra diehards like myself or like, you know, grits here or whatever, who are like, uh, you know, like, this is our life. Like, it, this is not like fucking like whatever, um, you know, like people think like, oh, I can make a buck here and there. Like, I already have money. I don't, need to do that necessarily i i exert my money where i think you know where where i believe the value systems of like the planet should end up going so i kind of think of it from like that kind of thing right like you know are they building stuff that i want to use do i think what leads to peak efficiency you know yeah you guys aren't like looking for like a return per se you guys are like well i mean there's nothing wrong with making a return too i I think it's fine but i'm just saying like my uh, my husband makes most of the money like i don't make shit Yeah, like for example, a little bit. Like I'm looking at things like, okay, like you know, what are the you know, am I in line? I'm like buying shit that with a bunch of communists, or am I like getting things that are more libertarian? Am I getting things that like you know, whose ethos, the core ethos is maybe, um, you know, is it more capitalistic? Is it more what? Like so, that's the thing. Like if you think about how these blockchains are built, how the how the kind of the economic models are arranged they actually are uh, very much specific like political and economic systems and you don't realize that in the beginning um, and you don't really get to know um, you know which direction either politically or economic these things go 
but like I'm not interested necessarily in like supporting uh, systems that maybe like let's say are like I don't know radical left wing or some shit, right? Like so, like the thing is like detrimental to the whole, you know. Yeah, like I, you know, I'm more of a libertarian. I kind of have that uh, maybe mindset. I think individual liberty is super important, and I think uh, if anything, like you know, uh, a blockchain has an opportunity to sort of like uh, achieve that for people. So I have like a, I do have a kind of like, a, you know how they say like, don't marry your bags. Yeah, I, I most certainly do. Like, you know, that's a thing. But then again, like it works well if you're in the right projects. Like if you were an Apple in the early days, well, you know, obviously marrying your bags worked out, right? It just depends on, uh, uh, you know, but at the same time, like, uh, <laughs> that's funny. Like, uh, I don't know if I told you guys this, but like the other day I was mentioning this, like, I had a like meeting scheduled with uh, Steve Ehrlich of Voyager Digital, where I was going to like, like, work out with him, find out what the hell he's doing with the treasury for Voyager Digital. Like, how is he, you know, spending that? Like, how is he making yield there? Is he using some bots or something or what? Like, um, had I heard that he was uh, like, throwing like, you know, a gajillion dollars at three euros capital or was ha- ha- expecting to do so. And then ultimately sent the company, I would have been like, wait, what the fuck? Like, and the funny thing is he actually DM me. He's like, yeah, I'm going to get you in touch with my like, you know, treasury accounting team. Right. And I was like, uh, okay, we'll, we'll get that set up. And uh, he sort of forgot about me. And then next thing you know, like I never had a chance to look at the, uh, you know, like give him any advice or whatever. And like, you know, lo and behold, the fucking thing went to zero. So I was like, shit, like, <laughs> and I was actually a significant shareholder. Cause what I liked about it was like, uh, I, I did think it was an important platform. Cause I thought it was easy for newbies to use. And I thought like, that was a good way to get like, you know, new people into crypto and like, um, you know, that kind of simple platform with a debit card and all that shit, they were doing a lot of useful things in my opinion. And for them to have like gambled away and made a financial error uh, with three euros capital, as opposed to like some kind of technical one or a hack or some shit is kind of embarrassing. But anyway, it was, uh, it's, it's kind of funny how like, oh, you, you guys remember that time when, uh, remember when uh, Adam Back, uh, you know, messaged me and he's like, yeah, uh, no, I, I was, I messaged him. I said, hey, like, you know, can I, um, we should set up a, a, a spaces because he had some question about you know, UST Luna. And uh, I don't know if you guys remember that. Like, so I messaged him and said, Hey, maybe we can start doing little spaces, you know, just innocently. Like, I didn't know, like, you know, Doe was busy or some shit. So like, you know, Doe tweets back, like, when did I make you my assistant? And uh, remember that, like, every, everyone's like joking about that. So then, and Adam Back was like questioning the UST Luna peg mechanism. I thought it'd be a nice debate because, you know, Adam's no idiot. I was like, okay, let's get Adam in there and like, you know, um, I can moderate and get Doe in there maybe and do a little thing. And, 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 and that never materialized. But um, again, it was like, would we be in a different world or maybe like convinced differently if, you know, Adam had that discussion at that point? Maybe, I don't know. So it's just funny how like, uh, like sometimes some of the thought leaders uh, out there are right. And some of them are very, very wrong. Um, even though on the surface, things can look really, really right. It's really pretty... Um, pretty fucking annoying, honestly. Uh, but yeah, like the, I have the textbook for losing a lot of money last year. So go figure, but yeah. whatever. Well, a lot of us did. I mean, I got hit a little bit hard. Also. Yeah, I, I got, uh, it, it, we bounced back this year, but got hit as well. Yeah. Like my, my Voyager digital stock, my ownership in that company went to basically zero. So there's that, right. <laughs> kind of pathetic, but whatever. Yeah, it was like a, a leak in one of our little factories. Well, warehouse, not really a factory. 
so it fucked up all of our computers, like literally. So we went from mining like fifty ETH a week. Yeah, fifty ETH a week to like barely even touching ten. Dude, there was a point when when I had a mining room, I was mining about fifty a day with just like thirty cards. So so I have I have a question for you, uh ETH guys. What's your contingency plan once uh they go to proof of stake? Like like what what are your plays then? Where 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 are you gonna uh right now I'm mining Ravencoin and some other coin to sell. I don't even know what it's what it's called. Well if you so, look at what Norrin's antivirus did, they didn't even really invest in much of their own equipment. They offered private individuals that were subscribed to Norrin's antivirus, they said, Listen, let us use your computers while they're dormant and we give you a percentage. Now I didn't accept because I don't want them beating the hell out of my computer. Yeah, every day I have to say no. And tell Norton's I'm not interested. That's really annoying. Like, wow. I have I actually don't use any antiviruses or anything like that because they bog down your computer while they're scanning things. Yeah. Um, yeah I, got a 10, I got a 1080i or whatever just to fucking so again, play with charts, man. That's all it does is watch charts. So I got plenty of space for stuff in the background. I, I'm just a chart junkie. I don't develop anything. So do like you- backup plan-wise, I say mostly we're focusing on going to, like, real estate. But outside of America, like we got some properties in North and Southern California, uh, North and Southern California and like South uh, Carolina. Okay. So, like, okay. We're dumb, not. Dumb fuck. So, so dumb fuck. Uh, my, my question is. We're, we're, you we're, sounded like you were too excited to say that, D-Mac. I'm sorry. That sounded <laughs> like you enjoyed saying that. <laughs> yeah, that's only because you know me better than Moose Blue. Um where are you i mean you have this machinery that's mining eth at proof, proof of work once that f- switch is flipped what other proof of work coins are you going to redirect your miners towards that, that that's classic. can anybody say classic uh we... i mean are you going to mine the fuck out of classic because that's not a bad play now nah, we're we're probably going to be done with crypto if eth like goes down in value if anything well, it's not going down. I'm not speculating on the value. I'm just saying that it's going. Well, I, I heard that some people are going to fork Ethereum and right like when it's done and then spin up a new chain. So I think a lot of miners are waiting for that. Okay. So so they're going to point their uh, ASICs towards or graphics cards towards whatever the new latest thing is. Yeah. yeah. Work. So there's not a second or third chain that's proof of work there's always going to be something else like if you look on what to mine.com there's thousands of currencies you can mine that are all profitable right with the residuals as well i mean just because we have a couple eth miners in the room i was just wondering what their plan was nah we probably just end up selling most of the equipment yeah that's what i did i I feel like an idiot i got a 380 ti i had to go check it out i was like well tennis like that don't sound right oh 380s are great i wish i had one fuck but you, that's like what five bucks, six bucks a day or something. I don't know. Man, I, I it was better for me to get a pre-built from NZXT than it was to try to assemble my own. Yeah, I, yeah, you know, I, I got a track and liquid cooled, which I guess isn't the best, but it's done me well for what I use it for. Yeah, I actually bought um, all my stuff before all that. Luckily, when after I moved to America, I, I haven't bought like. You guys were talking about crazy. bots earlier. Bots took up a lot of. The oh yeah, that like shit's so annoying. Like, they took oh. a lot of graphics cards off the market. Like, like, if you didn't have a bot, you basically couldn't buy one. 
Yeah. Like, I'm not really much of a tech guy. I'm more of, like, you can say um, the one who spends the money pretty much. <laughs> but I've, I'm not the one who develops, like, the the systems that we use to run and stuff like that. I just got sick of integrated parts, man. What the hell is that? You should have an infinity computer. You should just be pulling ribbons, slapping shit in, and, and, and turning it back on, man. I hate that integrated bullshit. Yeah. You guys, you guys uh into like uh, IRL real estate, or you guys are only on like uh online money, internet money type. I don't have enough money to have real estate. You mean like just buying and selling real estate? No, like actually buying it, flipping. But you actually some of the stuff you don't flip, you keep and you like rent out, you know, to tenants and stuff. I would love to do that. That'd be great. Yeah. Not really. I, I kind of like uh, building businesses and stuff like where I get to design the buildings and kind of the architecture and whatnot. Well, hire a property management company to just deal with it and just, you know. It's not yeah, I mean, that's, that's good. Airbnbs are a little bit better because you can actually get a, a whole month of income based off of a week. So it's a law of averages, even though you're not going to be fully occupied year round, depending on where you live. Yeah, you just you just get better money. You're not dealing with eviction yeah. notices and sheriff fucking shit. It's just it's a hassle. It depends on where you are, man. Where I live, that doesn't happen because it's, you know, people have money. Yeah, they're honorable and. A couple of the properties we have in Florida, well, it's only two really, South Florida. Like the inflation that happened, it hit down there really, really hard. So, uh, a two-bedroom house that would normally go for like let's say fourteen hundred a month is now giving back like thirty-two hundred a month just for a two-bedroom, like two bathrooms. That's how much it is in Vancouver. Like it's pretty much that ridiculous. Yeah, like it's it's crazy. The like two thousand dollars a month for a basement suite. Like, like, what, are you for real? Yeah, it's the money back is is insane. Like, if I, I recommend if you guys to get just get one property, have that one property generate some income. I mean, you gonna have to have a couple maintenance stuff here and there, like a a, a dryer replacement or like a refrigerator replacement. I can fix all of those things. I used yeah, to that's not easy, man. You, you got the hot water, you get the AC, you got the conversion from R22 to 410A. That's a shit that costs a little bit more. <laughs> I hate doing AC. Yeah, it's, it's all right. It's all right. But, but those Airbnbs and whatnot, I guess it depends on like the, the, like, it's very specific to like the neighborhood and the type of property you own, right? Like, not every location is going to really be like, uh, yeah, the right mostly, fit. It's not the right fit for that, right? And so you align them with cameras. You know, I mean, where I am, we're dealing with ballet, orchestra, music concerts, different type of tourism. I mean, it, and it's well, all been, idea. it's all been designed that it kind of comes one stage at a time, so you can capitalize on each activity. You guys hit up uh, any any clubs or and stuff like that, or not? Nah? No, I'm, my clubbing days are over after. I yeah, I, I just own a property maintenance company, so we deal with a lot of commercial aspects. So, you know, outside of being my customers, yeah, yeah my clubbing days are over a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so I'm probably like one of the younger guys in here. Hello, everyone. 
I'll still li- I'll still have fun, but I don't live in town anymore, so I don't like to drive home. You know what I mean? It's having to get yeah. home is what kind of distracts me from the fun. I get you. I get you. Well, hey, Ayaz, I'm mad. What's going on, man? I'm going I'm to go ahead and head out. I've got some things, some errands to run. But it was nice chatting with you guys. I'm going to accept some of you guys' followers when I get to my actual desktop. I'm on my phone right now. You got it, man. Stay hungry. Keep growing. We all start somewhere. We all come from different backgrounds, different upbringings. But stay hungry. And success comes in different forms, man. Be well. Live well. Hell yeah. Same, same here. Same here to everyone in the chat. Everyone that's speakers, listeners, who's on listen to the pre-record or the after-record. Y'all stay up. Bless up. Ayaz, what's up, man? What's going on? My name is Muhammad Ayaz. Good to meet you, man. What's going on? Well, if I were to say anything to mm. you, my friend, is I think you should be able to capitalize on the return rate and ratio of the American dollar versus your native asset. So work hard, and I know it's not easy to gather money that's very important to you, but making that grow at percentages that don't necessarily mean much uh, to other cultures can definitely benefit you and subsidize your lifestyle. That's the financial advice I have for you, my friend. Where are you from? Um, your mic is uh, hideous, man. Something's going on with you. <laughs> yeah, guys, reason why I say that, you know, my wife is from Thailand. We have a house in Thailand, my family there, whatnot, dual citizenship. And uh, it's just really been a blessing to slowly teach them how to expand on their, their, their you know, uh, living means, their, their buying power. And, and it's amazing how excited they get over $100, two, $300. And all of us are in here talking about throwing 100 Gs on the line of 50000 It's just you know, it humbles me at times. It puts me in perspective of, you know, how the majority of the world lives and, and the blessings that we have here, even though no matter how dysfunctional it may be at time, regardless of our, our leaders and geopolitical BS, but it just truthfully, man, it's uh, blue, blue is going. Just got, you, just, you just got, I'm sorry, arm. bro. We're just lucky, man. I just mean, we're lucky, bro. Hey, I, I went through 10,000 Ethereum and I wish I would have held any. <laughs> just do the math on that. Hey, Jite, what's going on? Yeah, I'm cool. Good evening. How you doing? What you up to? What you up to, man? I'm not really serious. I, I've been here listening, and um, you know, it's practically my first time talking on space. And um, Yeah, cool. Have fun. <laughs> what do you know? I, I was in my system writing code because I'm basically learning React at the moment, so I had to jump on Twitter space and, you know, to list it to to first talk and you know, learn one or two things. So it's been pretty much um, you know, an educative session for me. I've been learning a lot of things. And um, although I didn't join you guys on time, but then it's been fun for me and educative at the same time. So it's cool. I'm listening from Nigeria already. It's um, 11.33 p.m. on my side. And, um, and I'm staying up. So. I yeah, have fun in Nigeria. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool here. It's cool, you know. There's a lot of things I'm balancing well at the moment, but then you know. what are the Nigerians buying these days? Um a whole lot of things. I think basically they are Muslim to NFTs at the moment, you know. Um with these um youth team, um, you know, the youth list um from the girls, so they are all pumped up for race. So you guys think the youths are pretty cool? Uh, yeah, I, I got a lot of influencers from my 
country and um, they all pumped up for the youth list. All of them, Frank gave a whole lot of them um, some spots and um, they're waiting for the men's time. So, what, what, what do you like about this youth thing? What's your, what's your favorite part? You know, my favorite part about the youth thing, uh, I've been studying about it for quite a long time since it started. And um, one thing I would say is that um, Frank actually um, um, came into the system with um, a whole new strategy. You know, this is this is the the first of its kind, and the first time this kind of strategy is coming into the um, the NFT industry for marketing. So he, I think, he did a whole lot of work to market it and bring a whole lot of um, celebrities into it. It's not like um, the way we used to see it. So it's, I think, this is really going to pump, um, you know, dust. And um, it's that's fantastic. I mean, all your efforts, if you put it in the NFTs, here's the here's positive um, uh, mindset about NFTs versus tokens. Um, it, you don't have to manage buying tax and selling tax. Yeah. You don't have to manage the background. You sell the NFTs, it's maximum profit. It's 100% profit. So your obligation now is to find a way to build the floor and make the floor sustainable, but not only sustainable, but to grow. So if adapting a utility helps you with that, my friend, you guys have started something that is best for your uh, economical means as far as how to get your foot in the door and develop something that generates maximum profit. Just, you know, deliver on your roadmap. Don't let your investors down, man. Yep, 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 yep. So I think they're really working hard and it's something really nice. We're looking up to the mint. Probably see what... um the good it would do to us. Yeah, he's talking about this Utes thing. Uh, it's got like this whole big uh, campaign behind it and whatnot. And like, I think the the D gods and some other fuckers are like messing with it. I don't know what what it's all about exactly, but they were talking about it the other day. Oh, thank you. I'm sorry, man. I apologize. When he said that his buddy's into coding and things of that nature, and he mentioned NFTs, I, I thought he was developing his own product. So I was just saying, you know, economically, that's the easiest thing to do with minimal funding. But no, no, no he, that's thank you though. No, Jites might be, but he he. I asked him what he was buying, and he said the Utes, and uh, was looking at uh, that's like a NFT project thing that's going. That's what he's talking about. Jites, what are you what are you building? Okay, at the moment, at the moment, I'm I'm basically new into into tech. I I come from an electrical background, and at the moment, I'm um I'm learning some Web three tools. Um, no, I'm not. I'm not going into solidity at the moment. So it's on the front end side of Web three. So that's basically what I'm doing at the moment. Very nice. Are you just learning, or are you actually building something? You know, I'm learning at the moment. So and um, I have something I want to build, but I um, I want to get my feet grounded well. Then maybe next month October, then I I go back to my GitHub where I wrote them down and start building. So I have a friend who is doing the layouts for me. Uh, that's the UI. So then I'll start building and um, see what it turns out to be. But then I have some projects in my mind that I want to, you know, initiate, come up with. So and um, this is my eight months in Web3 if I'm going by the month. So basically learning at the moment and uh, hopefully start building by October next month. Very nice. Yeah, good luck to you, man. Yeah, thank you. All right, guys. Any other uh, 
folks down here with questions, comments, what they're doing in Cosmos, Adam, whatever, uh, Grover, any uh, like comments about your projects left to, that you haven't covered? <laughs> uh, I like Celestia. I think Celestia is pretty cool. Um, yeah. It's like, you know, that's uh, like this whole modular blockchain stack stuff. Really, really interesting. You know, you can choose like any execution environment and just use the consensus. It's not even that. It's like data availability. Like, I don't even fully understand how this thing works, but I like this idea of like a Lego set and you can choose which components you want to use and, you know, what trade-offs you want to make. And maybe you want to share security with, um, on like with Celestia, but you want to run a different execution environment on top. So I just, I think that's really, really cool. And uh, I know a couple other teams that I think is cool too. Is Celestia available for like uh, trading or buying yet? Mm, not yet. Not yet. I know I, I know even been subscribed to a... their little email shit or whatever, but I haven't seen anything lately. Yeah, I think they're a little way off. I mean, definitely from main mainnet, whatever that looks like. Um, they're a little way off. And I haven't even smelt anything about private sales or anything yet. So I don't know. I don't know, man. I usually get the scraps anyway, like off the side of the table, like some yeah. shitty valuation, like $2 billion or something, you know? Okay. Thanks. I, don't, I don't spend enough specific time attempting to try to get like private anything. So yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, also, I think there's like other tax implications if you do private sales, but I'm not sure. I've noticed guys, Adam has heavy Bitcoin influence, huh? Look what Betty just did to Adam. What just happened? Oh, more. Uh, it just it, it pulled the um, uh, the orders out of placement and, and made it shift a little bit as oh, yeah. it was doing it. Yeah, as it was doing its run. You know what I say? I basically said like, you know, uh, twelve fifty four. It made to um, at least on my liquidity pool twelve five three seven. And then instantly got the brakes put on it from some uh, sales on Bitcoin, and I watched a heavy weight of Bitcoin just suck it right down to. You know, when we get down to twelve thirty-two, yeah, BTC will typically have like correlative action with the larger a market cap gets, and the more bot trading platforms you have a coin available with BTC trading pairs, pretty common. Um, so, like, it's uh, yeah, the bigger the market cap, and maybe the more um, what do you call it, like blue chippy something becomes, right? Like it it uh, gets like some heavier and heavier like hedge and institutional traders in there. Yeah, so oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, so yeah. what they basically have the same bots plugged into it. Is that what you're saying? The correlation is. Yeah, the correlation across the crypto markets, um, like it, you know, it happens with really all the coins in a sense. It's like just imagine the entire crypto space as just one big fucking like machine, right? Like just think of it as just all interconnected. Oh, I say it's a transmission with different gears in it. Yeah, man, that's how I taught myself. I don't look at charts singular. Every chart I look at has five different assets to link to that chart's preluded movement. Yeah, but the the good thing is though, like Adam has essentially just like uh, completely dominated versus BTC for quite some time, like compared from where the bottom to where it is now. Like, uh, it's done really pretty good. Like, it's surprisingly so, considering how inflationary it is. Yeah, so interchange just, security is not even out yet. Yeah, yeah but well, the yet, slower so. the volume, the slower the volume, the closer the correlation. The only time that it really breaks free is when there's high volume input. But slow volume, yeah, they, they, it gets very similar. But, like, uh, let's say, for instance, if you were to take, uh, I don't know, Matic and put it in the one minute and compare it to Bitcoin's one minute, 
yeah one went down one went down but there's no correlation between that value yeah, there's yeah. no I symmetry in this in the candle structure on that super short range the thing is like the uh it sort of starts depending on individual exchanges but i i tend to just look at the um like i'm kind of more like more looking at i usually look at just daily charts for the most part um so i'm not nearly as like short term as uh you're sort of playing around there i i i've done that but it's not like uh it doesn't interest me because i've I've got like you know a career and shit to do and like you know so i have oh, most definitely I my friend now yeah yeah the only reason why i'm saying it is is, is when i was asking the percentage of bots daily as oh, far yeah. as gains yeah, um you the, know because i also i also yeah. break things down to actual time zones and global differentiations like 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 so for me i know when i don't even have to look at the computer yeah, and I know so when you turn the computer on. So if in one movement, I can do better than the bot is doing for me in the background all day. Because 1%, I can pull 1% while we're talking right now in, in, in the next five minutes. Yeah. You know, like five grid, minutes, like, I can pull 1% out. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Of course, yeah. Like grid bots are pretty much running like something like, uh, like so pretty much for any major coin, uh, like grid bots are obviously running like 24 seven, right? They just run, churn and churn and churn away, just extracting value. And they typically extract value to one of three coins, either a stable coin, Bitcoin or Ethereum are the biggest like recipients, I would say of the like store of value function or whatever, uh, you know, when you count it with the grid. So, so like a lot of other little things like Adam, people might trade it just to like take profit using the grid bot, right? So it tends to like dump more. Uh, as opposed to, it's just how the bots are set up, depending on what coins people want to own. And uh, as people's like, uh, and then the thing that typically dominates at any given moment is like when some sort of narrative shift happens, like I think so many people are like in the cosmos, especially the, the, the big narrative shift. Like if I can grab a, like a fuck ton of Adam at like five bucks, uh, then I'm just going to go like, go really, really heavy. Um, so I've been kind of watching that to see if it can make it down there again. If BTC hits 10K, like 12K range, like the mining cost, then I'll just go crazy on Adam. I'm not worried about Bitcoin at that point because then I can get the the, the just like wild yield plus get in really low. Um, this, that's kind of my plan. And, and the reason for that is just because like the Adam narrative um, over the next couple of years, like uh, uh, wild yield. Was, I, yeah, was What's that? Have you looked at Evmos? Yeah, yeah, I haven't bought. Uh, I just have the airdrop. I haven't bought much of the coin. Why? I I got that airdrop. I sold it at three dollars and forty cents, right? And at a dollar seventy, I started a dollar cost averaging back in, and I got a thousand coins. And the APR went from eight hundred percent that whole time to about three hundred. And yeah, just- I, I didn't. I, all I got was Evmos. I think I staked it. And I just left it there. I didn't really do anything with it. Uh, yeah, I didn't really pay too much attention. Like the yeah. price action is absurd for how mm, the APR right now. It's just it doesn't like it almost doesn't even make any sense. But yeah, you know you're going to see a lot more volume on Cosmos when things like a uh, little Grover's little project over there and like you know more stuff like when you can like uh, bot trade a lot more stuff. Which project is he on? Uh, he's on SEI and the say, you know, like with uh, okay. Vortex protocol. So like when, yeah. when the, uh, when say kind of opens with order books and you can like, you know, grid bot, like uh, Cosmos based assets, that's going to have a big difference in terms of like uh, just total amount of volume coming through Cosmos. So yeah, the uh, next six months, that's going to be like order books and margin and yeah. all that. 
Because right. like between DYDX and and say and like these things, right? You're gonna and and Kujira whatever with liquidations and all. What you're gonna end up having is like a lot more reasons to buy Atom to come to the Cosmos. Number one, and you know people are gonna use that as that liquidity coin, right? And then the other thing that will happen is like you said, the interchain security, interchain accounts. Uh, those things will could have a really substantial impact. So like, you know, like for me, Adam, like, accounts will make everything so much more seamless. It'll be like, uh, yeah, how web is envisioned. Like, yeah. And remember web- Adam is at like, it's at that kind of like three to $4 billion market cap range. Right. Like, uh, this is the type of thing that like, you know, uh, I wouldn't mind seeing it at like $500 billion market cap range. Right. So like, like way, oh, way, way bigger. People don't know about it for some reason. And it's weird. It's always, it's always been the, that way. Well, the SDK is used in everything. It's crazy. Yeah. It's because you know why it's cause like, unlike, you know, Javin, except Gavin with like, you know, like the charismatic little videos and fucking polka dot shit. And then like, uh, Charles Hoskinson's and his YouTube thing, like yeah. Jay Kwan just basically went and, yeah, Jay Kwan just basically went into a tunnel and hid, right? Like, you know, it's like, he's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, he's like, he's a, a mic white. dropper. That's for sure. What's that? He's the way his style. He's a, he's definitely a mic dropper. Like he'll say his piece and then you'll never see him again. You'll never see him again. <laughs> the most hilarious thing, like, right. Like Almost the like, fact that the um, fact that I have more followers or whatever on this stupid app than Jay Kwan is just absurd. That tells you everything you have to know about what yeah. people understand about Adam, right? Like the guy is like, he's like, he just disappears and it's like nobody even know the fuck he is, right? He's like, oh, Jay Kwan, who's that? Okay, whatever. So yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, like how this played out. But like, like to me, it's like Adam is not something that I'm sort of owning for like some sort of little flip or whatever the fuck, right? Like this, these are the kinds of things I try to hold for like you know, like world changing shit, right? Like the apples of the world or the Googles or whatever. Like, you know, like there's certain things that you don't over trade, you don't fuck with, right? You just like, you just well, ride enabling IBC. Like I think near protocol, uh, just yeah, exactly. I mean, like, like people are like, well, what is a competitor, Adam? People like ask me and I'm like, nothing. People nothing. can only like, join Adam. Because think about stuff you, were you, were you like around back in the beginning of Adam, bro? Because we were we were asking this ourselves, man. A lot of us, uh, believe yeah, it or not, was, as, as pathetic as this sounds. In 2018, Chris <laughs> oh, okay, was around a lot, was nice, long, around longer than me, I think. Right. All right. Yeah. The only reason why I say that is we've been around here for you know seven, eight months. Twitter spaces, probably some of us, sixteen to twenty hours a day, and we're just like, shit, man. Where did these guys come from? We've never heard of them. We've never seen them, and they pop in the scene, and they got sixty something thousand followers. Yeah. We're like, well, you know what I mean? Don't do back. I mean, we're, no, we've never happens, seen these. Where were these guys, man? Like, you know? I can tell you what happens, Blue, is that like what happens is the way Twitter works is that like let's say you're not posting anything on Twitter like maybe charts or some shit about like I some even particular see this coin for some reason I don't even get it it's stupid oh like yeah but what happens is like let's say um blue for example like you uh are not following like let's say luna very much or something right so the spaces you tend to enter enter won't wouldn't have necessarily like um, like you, you wouldn't have seen me cause it would have been a different group. Like the founders I follow, the developers, whatever, right. It's like a different so thing. We all get herded into different servers. Basically. Yeah, for sure. Oh, okay, okay. So much, right. just, it's just who you end up seeing to follow, right? Like you're not actually searching for a certain thing. So you're not really like, so yeah, for example, like, like I didn't see this space is probably because I have most Luna things muted. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> Question. You, you come from the DeFi 
degen space. So that's where most of your contacts are. When you're outside of that, you know, that that that's where because Adam's been around forever. Adam got listed on yeah. almost three years ago. Yes. You know, as a matter of fact, that was one of Coinbase's free giveaways. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Yes. Yep. And, and it's like, oh, they're, they're, the founders are part of the core team you know, of, of the original East. And like I said, separate ways develop their own layer one to achieve. And I like them all. I hold them all, you know, but it's, it's, I'm in this space. Times. Mac, Mac, you're kind of uh, cutting out there. <laughs> I, I said, I, I, I like to be in a room where I'm not the smartest person in the room in rooms where I'm not laughing and joking all the time. Those are fun, but you know, this is educational. Like there's value to be gleaned in these spaces from those that know more than you. That's the reason why I mentioned that, my friend. I was like, you know, obviously, like, even though we may or may not have different strategies and styles, I mean, just the conversations alone are so appreciated. And that's half the reason why I ask people, I'm like, where the hell have these guys been? You know, (laughs) know, seriously. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's sort of like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, on Twitter, there's all sorts of, like, interesting people out there. You just, like, but we do tend to get, like, uh, maybe caught up in our own little shit, right? Like, that's that's for sure. So, um, yeah, like, uh, I think that's why, like, um, sometimes I'll, like, post about, you know, a variety of different coins and things. I'll, like, talk to founders from different projects. Like, you know, like, one, you know, one week it'll be whatever, um, you know, uh, you know, Daniel from Flux. Or, like, the next week I'll talk to, like, I don't know, like, you know, we used to talk with, like, Do Kwan from Terra or whoever, right? So, like, the more people, like, uh, I think it's a good idea to, like, you know, follow up on founders. Like, you know, Chad Barriford with Rune is really fun. Um, it's it's really good to, like, follow up with founders and kind of see what they're going to, see what kind of, uh, see what kind of groups they're watching, right? So, like, and then you'll sort of, like, find, you know, some thought leaders and whatever. So, it's one thing That's to kind of... Strategy. I, do you yeah. follow the devs, you know? Yeah, follow the dev, see what things are going. Because you know, ultimately, because they're the rock stars. Ultimately, you'll figure out whatever like trading strategy or whatever, right? Like any of us can push little buttons and shit and like buy and sell things. Uh, obviously, you want to like learn how to not lose money and this and that, right? Like hopefully. But other than that, like it's like really about finding that alpha. It's like how do you find that uh, early information that gives you that like asymmetric, um, you know, kind of early uh, investor sort of like concept where you're making a hundred or a thousand x where um you know a relatively small amount of money uh we've been doing we've been doing that with the pink sheet boiled down with our own little system so so we've actually we've actually refined our own system of 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 what's worth looking at and not looking at and 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 it's been extensively um um stable and 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 profitable uh and so it's really really for me i guess i'm appreciative to have heard how people that don't have the background and the education that you're presenting forward has been able in a blue collar method to discover how to game the game and then now for you guys to come forward and hear your version of it an explanation in my mind i'm taking what i know and our survival tools which have been extremely beneficial because i don't want to be a jerk but if you've seen you know a disturbance in the force and a percentage of loss within your algorithmic trading well that was us 
That was us spot trading with millions of dollars <laughs> because we have our own way of kind of attacking the system. Um, so, so, so to hear you guys speak, it, it, it's, it, it's nice for me. I feel I have a cultured privilege of being thrown in Twitter's dungeon group of individuals. But yet again, that's all we talk about, live and breathe, is crypto, value, assets, blue chips, house money, where to bring free money down to um you know the 10x 100x 1000x world and capitalize on it so 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 i enjoy it yeah it's it's fun yeah the 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 money move the, like the price movement action all that's kind of one type of fun and then like you know like gambling losing some money is some fun and then like i, uh, they, I initially got into things for the tech like when i first yeah. got into crypto was like the bitcoin pizza and i was like wait a minute you can buy shit with this and then i tried mining and i couldn't figure it out and then i like picked it up again like right when the dogecoin f- split happened like when litecoin forked and dogecoin was created that's like literally when i started like trying on mining in 2013 and i haven't stopped since then and it's just a derivative from protein folding it's like people are like well it's bad for the environment i'm like dude we've been using this technology to save can like save your lives and figure out cancer for like the last 20 years like what are you guys talking about well like yeah in the DeFi world though i mean we're not biased on what contract um um represent representation we we trade in and you have to look at you know today's scam is taxes buy tax exit tax blah 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 so you find something no buy tax no sales tax something that has a reasonable market cap that is not you know really grown yet because it's market cap expansion plus percentage of asset to liquidity pool that's very important because you know market cap means nothing if you can't cash out and whether or not the holders are growing i mean we have a whole system of correlation and a whole bunch of data that we take and absorb like a sponge live as it flies to determine when to get in when to get out when to take our money when to leave a moon bag and when to see that the volume is actually going to be sustainable uh, whether it's for one or two more cycles but either way the fun's not over you get to go back in so yeah we have a lot of street smarts when it comes to crypto believe it or not and some of the people that were a little questionable in yesterday's room no no, those are good people man they're down in the fucking trenches I, i know it sounds silly but we're down in the trenches in the beginning finding a way to navigate and to profit in numbers that none of us are comfortable talking about because we discovered crypto late. You know, for you guys to talk about the ability to even think about buying Bitcoin or buying pizza with Bitcoin, I mean, you know, some people didn't discover crypto assets until 15, 16, 18 months ago. But yet again, those very same people can tell you the exact time that any market across the board will bounce and move. Well, what hey, makes me feel more comfortable is looking at percentages. Like if I looked at the dollar amounts, I'd probably kill myself by now. Like I, over the last year, like I've, I've 10, I've a thousand percented, like what I put into whatever. It's like, that's great. I'll take that. You know? uh, that's a good perspective, man. I can respect that, bro. Cause I know what you mean. Right. Cause sometimes it's like, wow, money. No, like all the, you're, all like, you're trying to make yourself feel better. You pick yourself up. You're like, but percentage. You know what I mean? Yeah. You get that whole like jump off the building feeling. If you're like, fuck millions of dollars, you start like sweating. You're like, <laughs> oh, hey, uh, you know, I forgot. Uh, hey, uh, Jacob, what's up, man? Forgot that like, you were sitting over there. Home, you there? I don't know if you went to sleep. You kind of hopped on, but then kind of didn't. I don't know where he is. Anyway, 
Hey, uh, guys, actually, like, I've been kind of up for literally two days straight. Uh, so actually, like, I need to get some sleep. <laughs> like this, it, it's been about uh, 48 hours. It's funny, huh? Like, I'm actually awake. You can imagine that. Anyway, I went to work, and then I came back, and then I, like, started the space. Is this like, all because I don't wanna... of your tire? What's that? Is, that? is this all because of your flat tire thing? No, no, no. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I, that night, that, well, I had, like, that really long and No brakes? Then I kind of like had a long sleep and then, but yesterday, like I, I was up over like overnight, just, you know, hanging out with Bruce and everybody because he's usually on UK time. And so I'm like, we're just fucking around chit chatting, having fun. And, uh, and then, um, today, like, uh, I was like, well, I don't want to come home from work and then sleep at like two in the afternoon or some shit. And then like have my whole thing wrecked. So now it's like, okay, it's like six here. So I'm like, it's getting time to get actual normal sleep cycle back before I die. Hey, like, hey, I don't hey. know how many. I mean, I don't know how many days you can go without sleep, but we're gonna we're about to find out, I guess. I've done. I've been in the hospital because of that. Doc, yeah, it'll mess you, you up. Week. Have one last off-topic subject for you, sure, brother. Nobody in the room is going to get this other than me and you. Okay. Uh, ventricular ectopic rhythms, amiodarone or lidocaine. Your thoughts. Particular ectopic <laughs> rhythms. Uh, generally, go with amiodarone. Why? Well, because amio well, AMA has changed it over the last couple of years. Amio was the way to go, but when you utilize it, it's very viscous, and meaning that you're going to get in the vial, you're going to get a thousand little bubbles. You got to tap out versus you know one and a half milli per kilo of light. So you're saying you'd be able to get the drug in faster in like an emergency? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's our forte, is it not? Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm in the ICU critical care, and I guess you're doing what, ER or what? Uh, yeah, yeah I, I'm ER. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I, I the laser focused. I know uh, fly shit about an elephant medicine in perspective, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I just want to get you on that. So, dopamine or dobutamine? Uh, for what? And I'm, I'm talking about the alphas, the uh, betas, and it's uh, dopaminergic effects. They're all different in different dosages. So, I guess I'm talking about like uh, shock, hypovolemia. Oh, uh, well, for straight up shock, like. Norepi's uh, kind of generally superior at like just generally hitting a blood pressure target. And then like lately we're sort of like supplementing with vasopressin, uh, which is like ADH essentially. Okay. Uh, yeah. Dopamine sort of like is useful for uh, like if you don't have a, like a central line and you just like, you don't want to burn their arm up, you know, or like lose a finger or some shit. Cause you like, so you don't have a central line yet. So like a good choice there is like dopamine cause you can use it until like a line is in, right? But dopamine, we don't use for too much anymore. A right. little bit of heart failure management. Dopamine uh, for a little bit of heart failure management. Well, but, I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, it was yeah. always in the CHF protocol. I mean, yeah. one back to when morphine was in there because smooth muscle relaxer. Uh, back when Lasix was still, uh, you know, part of the uh, pulmonary edema protocol as well. Yeah, it's still good. <laughs> um I, well, you got a lot of dumbasses that don't know how to listen to lung sounds and can't tell the difference between rails and ronchi. So uh, that's that's why that's been phased out. But as far as a, diure a diuretic 
for immediate action when you got, you know, somebody that's drowning on their own fluids in their lungs. That nitro morphine Lasix. You know, there's a difference between no difference between Rice Krispies and what they sound like. <laughs> sure, a little bit of each is what you're saying, huh? Uh, yeah. You know, and, and, and it's funny because I had, and during my uh, farm class, I had the privilege of working with one of the uh, original uh, researchers here at uh, University of Pennsylvania that worked on the patent team for digoxin you know i uh, worked on dig and this was i'm going back to when adenosine replaced verapamil uh-huh yeah that is so 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 I, i'm dating myself right there um but it's not to dox myself either but it's very comforting knowing that someone from our background is also in this space and <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't actually say what I do without doxing myself. So it's like, it's, right. it's just too and, easy to figure it out at that point. As we both can. But you know what I mean? It, it, it's cool to meet you in this space and knowing your other side, because I already doxed you just because of the way you speak. And just like you've already doxed. <laughs> but in the space, it's weird that we would meet like that because not many of our peers are in these spaces. And when I say be love, then I'm feeling I'm not talking about Twitter spaces, I'm talking about the tech spaces like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like critical care medicine is kind of like a, it's kind of like a video game min max kind of like process, right? It's like That's you know, how I see crypto, man. Yeah. So it's like it, it has that there's a lot of those kind of elements to it. Like you know, too much pressure's not, you know, not good. Too little pressure's not good. Too much volume's bad, and too little volume's not enough, right? And these kind of things, like so, too much volume, et cetera. It's so, like so, the whole thing is just a big, like, uh, you know, kind of min-max process with like certain things that you can't know, and certain things that you can intuit, but like can't be certain about, like you know, fluid balance and this and that. So you have to like work within the bounds of uncertainty, and so you like basically like you're you're trying to like over the last 30, 40 years, like the whole thing in uh, this field was just like steadily whittling away at the edges to sort of like fine tune the how to like find the max and the min. It's just basically a big video game. It's like, like giving yourself a margin of error, also yeah. leaving a margin of error. Yeah, exactly. So like you're, you're basically, or, or like, you know, there's some level of error, right? Like it's almost a given. So that's just kind of how that works. And um, it's just how the physics of a fluid system works, like in the in the you know cardiovascular system. You can't know. It's sort of like uh, you know how you can't know, like you know, like the rotation and the the like polarity of a particle simultaneously or whatever. Like you ha you can only know one of the, the velocity or the uh, the rotation Dr. of the particle. Breaking down the Frank Starling principle. Yeah. So, so what's that? <laughs> so don't start breaking down the Frank. Starling. No, no. It's like, but it's it is like uh, it, the, the field is kind of like that. It's like. Uh, uh, it's like a min-max video game. Think of like, a, I don't know how you think of like an RPG or maybe like a complicated system with like, you know, uh, uh, you know, where too much is too much and too little is too little and that kind of thing. And you have to get things just right. You're like in the Goldilocks zone for things. And that's what you're trying to achieve, but you'll never achieve like absolute perfection, right? Think of it like poker, like medicine's like poker. Uh, if you know all the hands, right, that helps. If you walk into a game and you don't know the fucking game, they don't know the hands, you're screwed, right? You're probably going to uh, not outpace your uh, opponents. 
on the other hand, like, okay, you know, all the hands but so, you know, that's good. But like, what's the next step? Hey, you can kind of count a little bit of the cards on the table. You're like, okay, I know. All right. You know, a four spades has, you know, already been drawn, whatever. And so you're like, okay, that card's out of the, you know, out of the deck. Yeah, I so, went through this about eight years yeah. ago. They almost killed me saying I had idiopathic, <laughs> chronic, uticardian, anemia, a, a, you meet, uh, basically retentional water and things of that nature and swelling. It ended up being a, a, an allergy that I was developing as an adult. Interesting. And, and, yeah. And it's, yeah, it really was. It's fucked up, man. There's all sorts of, yeah, all sorts of range of interesting shit that happens. Yeah, like within the range. Yeah. And then there's, of course, like the, the, like if you think about it, like, um, if you think about a game, uh, there's some things that like, uh, happen very commonly, certain diagnoses and things like that. And there's certain things that are super, super rare. Right. And then there's certain diagnoses that are really relatively inexpensive to solve. Right. And there's certain things that are super expensive. So you have to like do things in a certain order. You wouldn't necessarily like break the bank on everybody, but at the same time, it's like, if you, you know, like, how do you go to the next step is like a, it's a pretty substantial process. But anyway, yeah, I teach like, you know, probably like, uh, maybe, uh, how many, Lately, so I usually have about like thirty doctors a year that I train. Uh, so, you, like, so the hardest thing is a patient that comes in with no medical history, right? That's always not, a kick not, in the dick. Yeah, well, not well, well, not necessarily. Actually, believe well, it or not, like so it depends. The thing, and it and and making that same poker analogy because I played pro for a couple of years. It's in our business. It's not what someone says; it's what they don't say that reveals the most information. You know, so I may have a patient that say is HIV positive and they have a family member in the room that isn't aware of that. And there's HIPAA laws where you, you can't directly ask in front of someone else, you know, uh, but from other questions in my line of questioning, my biggest Dick Arsenal is the fact that I can ask the same question eight different times in eight different ways. Yeah, but for me, man, when I was in limbo, anaphylactic shock, where it wasn't full blown response of, Wait, like, it, like the threshold of, and, and they're saying it was an anxiety attack. I mean, there's so much fucked up shit in background they don't have when it comes to like allergies and body response. Talking anaphylaxis. I yeah, mean, it's like, I, I have, um, I have like, I have something called the EGPA, and it basically attacks my B cells and gives me the worst fucking allergies any human has ever had. It's so, so you guys stupid. should have Benadryl on standby. 20 oh, yeah, man. Liquid. Liquid. You put it under your tongue and swish it around, gets into your system faster. Uh, well, well, yeah. You can chew it. You can do a sublingual. That's, yeah, that's one of the fastest routes, you know. Yeah. One thing to keep in mind is, like, in, in medicine, like, you're, like, uh, there's a lot of information out there. Number one, uh, there is no such thing as a professional that sort of knows everything. So, uh, yeah, th there will be times when, uh, people are going to drop dead and you're never going to know what's actually, you know, killed them. So that's the well, thing. For, for instance, for me, there wasn't like no treatment, but surgery, but they just came out with this injection that stops the autoimmune issue from yeah. progressing and it costs $37,000 a year. Yeah, all of the injection, but yep, I want I want to ask and see if they got like some stem cell therapy and be like, you know, is there anything extra? Because there's always something else, you know, that they can probably, you know, that they got no, in the works. But, well, it's not like well, this from birth or this take place as an adult. 
Yeah, medicine's also not like some fantasy land where we can just like create something at a whim. Like, so depending on depending on the year and what, like for example, my father had uh, survived leukemia and basically in remission this year, right? So the oh, drug God. that uh, was utilized that really like really did a fantastic job as far as like biologicals is concerned, wasn't really invented, you know, up until the last few years. So if you had to pick a time to get leukemia, now is the time to get it. So it just, that's why I'm waiting. Yeah. It depends on the disease and like, you know, what the story is. They told me like literally the surgery might not work and it could come back. And I was like, well, I'm going to wait for this shit. (laughs) Right. So, so, so Sefi, I'm sure you'll agree with me in my profession. I can count on two hands uh, where I gave high dose epi. One one thousand sub Q for anaphylaxis, and that was a life or death. And it, that's crazy. Right. Yeah, it's it's not it's not literally very pushed probably ten thousand epis, probably more like fifty thousand epis. One ten thousand. Yeah, it's it's not that frequent that we get them like that. So, bad, so right? Anaphylaxis, and he says eutocardia, so he's talking about the hives. Um, my oh, full attention, man. Looked like somebody smacked me with a fucking boat oar. So, 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 <laughs> I'll give you a funny story. Um, back when I was a kid, my lips swelled up. Like I had plates in them. It didn't necessarily go to my face. That was end result as they were freaking and bumbling around with false was, diagnosis. Long story short, it was like, you know how you have the holiday nut mix? during christmas yeah time. yeah yeah yeah. i know yeah. what you mean exactly yeah yeah black things they're actually called brazilian nuts yes yes and you crack them they got the white inside and all yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, i don't like those they're almost like a macadamian but my grandmother always had them one year i had a crazy reaction where i was hospitalized like my whole face swelled up and my lips were like you know inner tubes like and it didn't hit the rest of the rest of my respiratory system. But fast forward 20 years from that, I understand how anaphylaxis works. And I've had several cases and doc will sit there and tell you, you know, one of the first things we ask, what's new? Do you have a new detergent? You know, do you have a new soup? Have you introduced a new food? I had to go at parts per million observation, DMAC. Yes, people are so ignorant about cross-contamination and how easy it is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been, I mean, I've had patients that were just in restaurants where they cooked in peanut oil and they aromatic. Yeah. When, when, when the world wants to kill you, it's not good. <laughs> yeah. so, well, it's usually human error though it's human error right and, and neglect in a way well, the lack of knowledge not because you know not what? really like if you think about it like if like there's very few people that are going to be say for example and i don't know the fuck the restaurant industry or whatever like these are not the people that like you know with like you know uh, working at the you know the kitchen necessarily these aren't the people with like some sort of like nursing degree or something right so they don't yeah, know that's what i mean human error yeah. right because well, those yeah. are the people they get yeah yeah i mean and they, but this it's just the way of the world i wouldn't it's say it's particularly world, human error yeah just like you know you might have you know like this has these products in it milk dairy products or whatever and if you have an allergy but the one thing that was, and I caught this probably about 15 years ago, I had an anaphylaxis job and it was from an Asian restaurant where they cooked in peanut oil. 
and this individual had a peanut allergy. And it was just the aromatic of it being in that proximity that triggered it. You know, but this doc wants to go to sleep. Yeah, some of the some of those peanut allergies are wicked. Like you ever been to like Texas Roadhouse Cafe, oh, yeah, one fuck. of those type of places? Oh yeah, <laughs> where there's like freaking like peanuts everywhere. It's like oh, you yeah. walk in there, you might as well just die. <laughs> yeah, but, okay, but, right? Just just you know, say bye. <laughs> but but anyway, Doc, I want to I want to thank you again for holding the space. And I look forward to the next one. Yeah, it's and, cool. Yeah, I'm glad you guys had fun. <laughs> which, well, more importantly, what you're doing is you're there are people in here that aren't aware of the asset classes that we hold and why we hold them. And you're explaining why, why, like, like for me, we hold the same shit. I can sit there and I can tell you, you're the only one in the room. When I sit there and tell you, I want to run a flux grid. Nobody in here knows what flux is except for you. And that's only because I gleaned that information. I've been mining it for like a year. Uh, you do what are you doing with uh flux are you are you which oh, i'm just holding it yeah okay. grits knows all that shit <laughs> right but but the thing is like these guys follow me in here and- i love their white paper like if, <laughs> if you haven't read the flux white paper fucking oh, yeah. do it it's so amazing like, they're, 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 they're the web 3.0 web point three point oh they're the amazon of the web point if they can execute and i think they're going to be able to execute what they want to execute but it's like you know i don't shill. Other Actually, than- uh, you know, you, you might want to check out, um, uh, like if you get on uh, terraspaces.org, uh, they're, they've got their, uh, uh, they've got their account on right now uh, up in the top of the spaces here. Uh, actually, uh, if you just type in like Flux and Daniel, uh, I actually interviewed the the founder he and i've chatted numerous times very very cool guy uh he's kind of our, my generation or whatever so like right. he and i see eye to eye but anyway uh, i think he's also <laughs> historically in the medical industry as well to some extent right um so yeah daniel uh yeah you can find the little interviews these little whatever these little terrorist their podcast type thing on on these spaces right and uh he, he's a really sharp guy yeah definitely but i mean let's check like, that out if you haven't i've mentioned i made the mistake of mentioning Kadena in one space and immediately i got attacked and like oh it's a shit coin and no it's not an erc yeah. like i even went to a cardano yeah and they, they just enabled ibc actually in Kadena, right uh, they're yeah. gonna be i'm not sure if they did yet I didn't yeah, yeah it's, it's coming like this week or something but yeah like they're they're hot shit right now they're they're really good <laughs> but they're, they're still sublime they're under the radar most people in these spaces don't know about it, and I don't show it. But I got a big ass fucking bag. Shame on you, Mac, you fucking <laughs> bastard. Blue, <laughs> Blue, you called it a shit coin. <laughs> I didn't call it a shit coin, man. I'm a, I love a Cody, Cardano, Cardano. I love the whole play, man. I love it. You know, it's like uh, Stuart and like things. they're their team or whatever was asking if I wanted to like do like sort of like a series with them on, on Cadena and different projects, like, like maybe like once a month or whatever. I was like, yeah, whatever. Like, just let me know. But uh, yeah, like, so we've, it's, it's, that's been, that's a fun group. Like uh, uh, it's a good gang to hang out with as well. The Cadena crowd's pretty fun. They're pretty like, yeah, they're, they're very mining orientated. I yeah. Noticed. They're very, they're, but they're very like, uh, 
like it's a pretty crypto specific crowd too, right? Like I think you don't you don't show up and uh, check out Cadena because you're just like just like buying shit, right? You, you have to make your way there on purpose almost. Yeah. So that means like the early community is a bit more like serious, I would say. So I, I, I like that about that. And that, that's why I don't I don't speak about it. If you didn't actually and your co-host from across the pond speak on it last night, I would have never mentioned it. Other people just think that I just got a big ass K in there just because it's a big ass K and they never inquire about it, you know, but that's what brought me into your space today. And yeah, I, I, I post well, some charts periodically on Kadena. I haven't lately. I need to, I guess. And so I'll have some. Yeah. I'm not going to, because I'm a, I'm a hodler with Kadena, you know, but I'm like flux. I huddle too, but that's something that I can throw on a grid bot and uh, trade, especially if I have my parameters set correctly. And hey, 50- hey, hey, Doc, how was our ranging on Adam for looking at that chart for the first time in my life today? Come on, I don't know what happened. It's just ranged in the exact parameters or within the margin of error, what we said. It's been beautiful. This is the yes. third time. Chilling there. You've been buying and selling while we're chit chatting. Uh, no, I plead the fifth. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> All right, guys. I, I need to get some like sleep, or may- maybe I'll die or something. <laughs> like, All right. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll become I'll become my own medical problem, right? Like, after after three days, days, man, after we need you a little bit longer, bro. Jesus you Christ, start getting like, these full body pains. <laughs> What's that? After a few days, you start getting these full body aches and pains. It's amazing. Okay, yeah, the no bottom of my feet are hurting right now. No free. I mean, I mean, when you start getting dizzy and you feel it in your head, and you're in your, you have the fluctuation of blood sugars and all that, and you're like, man, I got to get sleep. Yeah, well, when you start having anxiety attacks, you know you have an issue. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, have a good night. Good night, Catch all right, be well, man. Be good. Bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was part two of the two-part CFI space crypto trading Q&A using Adam effectively and some doctor talk. That was random, right? Recorded on Friday, September 2nd, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Down the street in my six foe. I never had a six foe. A kid can wish though. I snapped a wishbone and grabbed a fistful. Chilling with the dopey, this a weed is all I wish for. I'm feeling blissful. I gotta miss this. My ginger always down to ride no matter what the mission. I'm singing this song. Got a couple albums out. We do alright, but it ain't really shit to write home about. Like to feed the fishbowl. Keep my stories mystical. I like my beats boom bap and rap to be lyrical. I'm feeling cynical. Craving a little ritual. Save my place in line while I try to find a miracle. I keep looking and looking and looking But never find nothing We've been lied to Thinking this surprise Under super secret lies Motherfucker sneak inside Going dark now Believe me when I say This shit is do or die Going dark now Believe me when I say This shit is do or die Going dark now Believe me when I say This shit is do or die the trench.
branches trying to stay offensive trespassing here like this land looks expensive ain't no time like the present trying to stake a claim just make sure your claim stays away from all these other claims we're almost kind of running out of land here living in the day of the dead and it's damn weird same teams y'all we just trying to get a bite to eat a little rest saved up waiting for my time to sleep head down middle fingers up yo i'm wide awake never hesitate to stay about a hundred miles away seven time and space while the wrecking ball the place i expect you all to play running marathons today when the sick get sicker and the rich get richer it might be about time to rearrange our dinner fix the system the shit it's all nixed waking up early gonna suck today's going dark now believe me when i say the shit is do or die going dark now believe me when i say the shit is do or die gonna take care of Angela, man. He's, he's great. He's a wonderful lab partner, so it's gonna be cool. We'll keep an eye on her. Why don't you go fuck yourself, you weird little prick? I'm a teacher, okay? You can't talk to me like that, guy. I'm not a student, so I can say whatever the fuck I want. Channel Spaces.